We here at Libations for Everyone are proud to be sponsored by Perfectly Dosed. Perfectly Dosed is all about accessibility of access, providing creators, BIPOC founders, and entrepreneurs from all walks of life with premium, water-soluble, hemp-derived cannabinoid emulsions at affordable prices for them to bring their idea for consumable products to life. From beverages to edibles, Perfectly Dosed is the perfect ingredient partner for you. Trusted by industry-leading companies such as Fair State Brewing, Blackstack Brewing, Thesis, Amy's Cupcakes, Plift, and Dash Fire Spirits and Bitters, among many others, to infuse their best-in-class products. You can trust Perfectly Dosed to keep your products, well, perfectly dosed, whatever it may be. It's right there in the name. But now, let's start the show. It's Minnesota, but it's only light for two and a half hours a day. Oh, that's a fucking great place to and go then, for a Muslim dude during Ramadan. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you, there's no options. <laughs> you All just right. eat. You yeah. eat 22 hours a day. I love this. That's this like, is yeah. fucking great. I'm that's going. Not bad. There. there you go. In case, in case you um, hear this later, you were just outed. So as you okay, yeah. As so. wait, what? Is, I've been outed as many things. What is? It? Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you explain. Something. Well, you know, we uh, we told them that you're not really Arab. Fuck. Yep. That the beard is actually an implant. It's a facial implant. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my mom would agree with you that yeah. I'm not Arab. I'm Middle Eastern. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know how that is. Wait a second. Yeah. She's uh, like, we're Mediterranean, Middle Eastern. We're not Arab. I'm like, whatever, mom. Uh, <laughs> whatever I, don't, you gonna say. I don't think that that's a race, but that's okay. Okay. All right, all right, <laughs> yeah. mom. All right. Yeah. Whatever you say, mom. Just don't yell at me, please. Okay. Again. <laughs> well, it's, you know, and it's so funny the way that people tribalize themselves yeah. because- it's all like in using Scandinavia as an example, like it's all the same genetics and they just drew a boundary and all of a sudden now they have jokes about like Swedish people and Finnish people and all that. I'm like, it's the same people. It's the same people. You're the same, same people. The same yeah. people. Like literally 200 years ago, that border wasn't there. You guys were the yeah. same people. Yeah. But you know, everybody wants to have their thing and really it, all the jokes. It's so funny because you know, there's such a high quotient of Scandinavian folks in the upper Midwest and all of the jokes translate to almost identical jokes for what we do with like Iowa <laughs> and Wisconsin. It's the same shit. All the same dumb shit. Another border battle. Yep. Uh, yeah. Finnish people are Wisconsinites. Iowans are Swedish. It's all, all the it. jokes. It so they got grapefruit. corn in oh, yeah. Sweden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my... That juicy grapefruit, that scent is banging. It's so... Like that one, the grapefruit... That is the best smell. Oh but yeah, so I have been I've been crushing the gingers a lot lately, and I also love that. I I love them all, but I will not say I love them all equally. I just have a special place in my heart for the juicy grapefruit. <laughs> oh, you guys, millennials? I don't know. Like, uh, that's I'm what, Gen that, Z as fuck. I want them right to now. think I'm younger. That's why I threw the peace sign up. Yeah. No. Well, see, I feel like I'm that age, but then when I looked at the camera, <laughs> I pulled something in my neck, and now I won't, <laughs> I won't be able to look to the left for two days yeah. because I'm old. Yeah. I'm older. Photo, you looked young in the photo, though. Yes. There you go. I'm I'm the I'm the oldest I've ever been on a podcast. You are. I hit yeah. the I hit 44 yesterday. Happy Holy birthday, Quam. Gross. What? Yeah, Birthday no, it was boy. a blast. Forty four. Let's go, girls. Oh yeah, let's. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got He's got a Shania that. Yeah, you got a Shania that. We actually talked about Shaniaing things last night. It was very fun. Oh. 
But I, I, I worked all day, had a wonderful impromptu happy hour with, uh, with Charles. Thank you for meeting up with me. We had a few other friends come. Mm-hmm. And then I went to uh, dinner at P.S. Steak. And I had never had, I had never had a dry-aged tri-tip at a steakhouse before. And it was a really beautiful cut of meat. It was That's one of my, hands down, one of my favorite tri-tip? cuts of meat. And tri-tip? I, I, yeah, I've only, I've only slow smoked or braised it. Yeah. And actually just having it charred on a grill to like rare mid-rare, it was wonderful. Like I really enjoyed the, I thought the flavor was wonderful. Mm. Like was it, it chewy as fuck though? No, it wasn't. Really? That's really what surprised me. I was like, all right, let's do some jaw exercises. They, let's stretch out a little bit. You? Was it thin sliced or no. they just brought it out? They brought out a little nug. Was it like a pound and a half? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just the <laughs> whole try. <Yes. laughs> They're like, happy 44th. Also, how was your last year on, on they this planet? They just set it on your lap and it covers the whole thing like a dinner napkin and then you just eat from there. <laughs> I didn't order the bull shark. But yeah. But it was it was really fun, like just having a, a quiet night. Um, we've we've talked about a cocktail bar uh, called Meteor on this show a number of times. One of my favorite employees from Meteor has left to go to the steakhouse, and so we had a a mostly empty bar and just got to hang out with Javi and talk cocktails and and just kicked it. So that was great. And then uh, I went out for what was supposed to be one beverage, and I got home after midnight. So. Mm-hmm. A time that is foreign to our guests. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're waking feel, up at midnight. I feel seen. I feel very seen right now. So have you always been like a go to bed early, get up early person? Fuck no. No, it's it's a thing that comes with age. Sure. My like, my God, like I, I feel I I I don't want to talk about it, but like I'm about to turn the the, not that number <laughs> sure. that like everybody's like I don't want to turn that number mm. but like you know what I'm you know the number I know I know what you're about, saying you know what I mean and uh, my God like therapy is going great thanks for asking yeah um the, it's it's mainly about turning about that turning number. that number yeah and um and uh, I have had like a couple of years of like prelude of like wanting to be my age, but not, never really actually like doing things yes. that are like age appropriate. I've always like grown up too fast. Mm. So now I'm like, no, I, it's it's catching up to me, and I like I feel it. So like nine thirty rolls by, my eyes are just like getting a little <laughs> heavy, and I'm just like looking at my bed. I'm like, hey baby, what's up? What are you doing later? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like I sit down to like watch TV. Uh. And it's like lights fucking Dude. out. Good night, buddy. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then like I'm asleep by like between 9.30 and 10.30. Um, yeah. Like a total grandpa. I mean, that's like my nickname for myself. No one knows that. Jiddu? Right. So yeah, Jiddu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, our, for our Arab friends. You Finally, know? someone yep, else I used to be Arabic with. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then like I just roll up. And, like, between 4 and 6 a.m., I just roll out. I'm like, oh, Grandpa has to go pee, and then I can't go back to sleep. (laughs) And that's how it starts, right? That's what happened, like, three years ago. And now I'm like, oh, Grandpa wants coffee. (laughs) Let's drink some coffee. Oh, I would love to hear the birds fucking sing outside. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Grandpa wants coffee, but not too much. But not too much. Like, (laughs) yeah, only, like, eight... 
you know, ounces of coffee and that's yeah. it. Because like okay. if I do 10, like I'm not sleeping yeah. for another like, yeah. three days. You know uh, what I mean? So, okay. yeah, now you are sounding like an old Arab person too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, once I turn that age, I feel like I'm going to be the youngest in that age group. Yeah. So then like I feel young again and hip and like, you know, I'm taking like 0.5s on my camera. You know what I mean? Like, like all the fucking Gen Zers. I'm like, I'm about to be young as fuck. Here we go. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, on Monday, I did the thing where I had an extra cup of coffee that I normally do. Oh, no. And, like, my hands were, like, legit trembling. I, my body was like, oh, no, we don't do caffeine like that. And all I could think of was, like, the amount of times that behind the bar we would slam, like, four or five Red Bulls in yeah. a single bartending shift. And, like, now the fact that I had one extra cup of coffee. Yep. And I was like, oh, I better. I got to drink some water to even that out. I feel like I'm about to hum through time. Get all lightheaded and sweating. Yeah. <laughs> from coffee. Right? Like PTSD, man. Like dude, <laughs> telling slamming you. Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We used to do, um, if, you know, from doing dishes all the time while you're behind the bar, your hands are wet. And so you could press the palm, like the meat of your hand, into the bottom of the can. And then it'll just stick with suction. It'll just stick to your hand. And then you crack it open. And you'd pour it over your, like, from above your head. You'd pour so it what, your what does your therapist think of that? Uh, that one is one I'm very glad you stopped doing that. Yeah. Where we're, at. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the reasons why. So we're just going to be like, I'm glad. Please don't ever go back to that person. Yeah, then you say you haven't been brave enough to bring up that traumatic experience yet. No. That was. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would lie. Yeah. I would lie. Yeah. I'd be like, we're, we're not there yet. That's when they start judging you. We're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time. You your team. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was at, like, 26 or 27, and that was the first time I I think I probably made like a coherent adult choice for myself. That was when I actually started thinking about like what I consumed in a day. Like the first time I'd ever thought about caloric intake or anything like that. Yeah, you said no moss to another Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't want to. Yeah. Gross. Oh, yeah. What are we drinking, Quam? We are drinking some Plift. THC edition. Shout out to our sponsors. It is fun doing uh, an episode every now and then that is not alcohol based. And having four milligrams of Delta 9 THC uh, harvested from black-owned farms right here in Minnesota, just south of Pine City. Um, one fun thing that we actually figured out today is our entire supply chain now for Plift is uh, people of color owned. And so it. uh, it's fun to, once again, we've talked about this a few times, but I'm really proud. And it's very fun on top of that to work for a company that wove that into the ethos. And it's nice to know that even in a very small way, we can actually talk to people directly about the, the difference that that's making. And that's, that's a huge thing for us. So in addition to it tasting awesome, in addition to it giving you a nice little relaxing buzz, uh, it's also supporting the community that we want to see in the world. And I love, I love that. So shout out to Pliff for delicious beverages. And uh, what do we got? You're, you're rocking a little juicy grapefruit. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we have, on our side of the table, we have a couple crisp gingers. Crispy ginger. And we got some tart limes on deck, so if anybody wants to get wild and have yes. another one, yeah. we have more than enough. Dig it. What are, your, uh, what are your thoughts on the flavor there? I still haven't hit it yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I wanted to cheers. Well, first then, before we do that, we should, we should yeah. cheers by introducing you. So would you please let everybody know who you are and, uh, and I don't know, what you've been up to? I don't think to. nobody wants to know me. Like, let's keep this. Cool. Like, let's oh, keep man. this. Like, I'm trying to make you my homie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Samech um, Wadi. 
Samewadi for the the white folks that are listening. <laughs> um, and I am a recovering uh, ice cream scooper. Yes. Recovering <laughs> ice cream scooper. Uh, part-time burrito slinger. <laughs> and uh, full-time dog dad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What's up, Pac? <laughs> Shout out. I know he'll listen to this. Dude, those burritos are absolutely a cheat code for somebody who doesn't often have a ton of time in his day. Uh, I was thinking about it on the way here that I think that is probably by number the most common lunch that I have Dude, in I, my day. I love hearing that. because still not sick of it. You like, know what? Okay, here's the deal. Like the first six years that we were open, I've admitted this to like maybe six people in my life. So this is kind of embarrassing, but <laughs> six total years, I worked there every single day. Every single day, I ate a chicken burrito sandwich. Tell or me. a chicken burrito, yeah. a curry chicken burrito yeah. for lunch every fucking day. Damn. One time, I changed it, and I ate an MFC sandwich, mm-hmm. and I went mm-hmm. to sleep, and I was like, nope, never doing that again. <laughs> never doing that again. So, like, hearing that you're, you're like, you're yeah. eating the burritos, like, I think there is, like, some secret powers in them. Dude, this is I'm not, like, you. medically tested or whatever. The FDA has not approved these statements, but I do not care. I, yeah. No, it's, it's like, it's, it gives you power. It was. I don't um, think you even said the name yet. It's World Street Kitchen. Oh, World Street Kitchen, in yes. Uh, in, in Uptown in Minneapolis. Um the MFC sandwich is incredible, but you're right. I have to be careful with that one. Like, okay. that's like a, if we're there on a Saturday, I'll crush that because yeah. then I can go put my feet up. Yeah, you can just take a nap and, like. But between the red, the, the curry chicken burrito and then the, the Korean short rib burrito, I, it's, it never gets old. It's so yeah, the beef, fucking good. Bangkok has long been my favorite thing to eat after a night of heavy drinking. Yeah. I love to crush one of those. And then now I get the hummus with kimchi. Which I would have considered sacrilege until Sam did it. Because for years I was like, don't be fucking with hummus. And then I had that and I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> like, hold up, hold really, up, hold up. That thing, I just woke up one day and I was like, we love pickles on top of hummus. Yeah. Like kimchi is pickles, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fermented. It's, it's like, it has that same flavor. We put shatta on it. That's hot and spicy. That's like Middle Eastern hot sauce. Mm-hmm. So w- what is World Street Kitchen? World Street Kitchen is a restaurant that cooks without borders. Like I don't see borders when I write the menu. So I'm just putting things together that wouldn't typically coexist. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to do more coexisting in my life. So... Instead of putting chocolate in my fucking hummus, like that sacrilege shit, right? Like, here I am. I'm, like, sitting here going, no, we need to put those pickled things on there. And kimchi just, like, really hit it. Acid, fucking creaminess, like, nuttiness, Mm. spicy, crunchy. It's just like, what? I swear to God, the first time we did it. And you have to have olive oil on it. Because that's like the yeah. lubricant, yep. right? Like yeah, that's yeah. it's just good Palestinian olive oil, that, that first pressing, that unfiltered stuff, you know, that nasty. And it's just kind of get it just gets like it just hits so right. It's, and the it, first time I did it, I told my mom I did it and she was like, No, you didn't. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yes, yes. That's how my mom would react yes, if I she did. knew that I eat ate that once a week. She'd be like, What well, <laughs> yeah. you eating now? What did you put on your mom? <laughs> now she likes it. Now she likes it. Now nice. likes it. Hell yeah. That's, I love that. That's fucking fantastic. Can we, before we get into like questions and stuff, do you mind um, for our listeners kind of going back a little bit and tracing your evolution through the culinary scene here? 
Because you've been a part of some incredibly important things. Our third Iron Chef contest. Yeah, our third Iron Chef. Second Iron Chef winner. Yeah. And also, I think our fourth or fifth two-time libation for everyone, meaning he was interviewed for when I used to write libations for everyone. And now is a podcast, guys. You were analog and now you're digital. Yeah. (laughs) Damn, look at you. Look at you. I feel feel honored. I I don't deserve to be here, really. We're honored. We don't deserve to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I I should just leave you guys. (laughs) Let's just leave the mics running and get the podcast. Yes, I just... uh, Go get some Bangkok burritos. So that sounds good. Should we order some? Come back still still just chewing. I'm like, (laughs) this is good audio. I fast forward for two hours and then I could hear him eating. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, how did how did your path get started? Uh, it all started in September 29, 1983. No, okay. <laughs> we're going to be here for hours, you guys. <laughs> Picture this, Sicily, 1915. <laughs> my, my grandparents, they had a farm. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, you know what? I, I do have to like go back a tiny little bit on this one because I think the origin story starts in my mom and dad's kitchen sure. in the Middle East. So they wrote uh, when I was a young kid. I still am a young kid. Thank you very much um, for pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Um, they wrote a cookbook, and they and while they were writing the cookbook, people were sending them recipes from all over the world. So the the cookbook uh, title was the Encyclopedia of Palestinian Cuisine, and so that's a big name. That's yeah. a heavy name, and in yeah. particularly for a people that are displaced so the encyclopedia of our food meant more than just food it's untold stories it's stories that are going to be lost it's recipes and techniques that if the new generations don't learn them they're just going to go by the wayside so the actual history of people it is the actual history of people and and so they started writing this um and it was you know i was kind of um I would say maybe seven years old, six years old or something like that when they first started it. And they shot it. They uh, did the recipe testing. They did everything in our home. So I grew up in a home that like the food was the center of attention to begin with. And then on top of it, there's a cookbook being written. So it's in front of me that I'm seeing my mom and my dad every morning get up and like start making food. My dad and my uncle, they, they did all of the photography for it, uh, the styling, all of these things. And so, you know, I kind of grew up thinking that that was like a normal thing for most people yeah. of like having three or four dishes being cooked every single morning <laughs> that are like, and I'm not saying like, like a dish, like, you know, a small dish. Like I'm saying dishes that are like, old you know traditional dishes that require great deal of time and effort and like you know prep yeah um and and they're not like appetizers they're entrees <laughs> and so we would sit and eat it and people would just come constantly and so that i think instilled the love for food in me from that very young age and i was super super drawn to the kitchen and so i would sit and hang out and like talk to my mom and um watch her cook and and you sort of you watch her move and and it was like every move was with reason every move was for an execution and and she wasn't classically trained actually she was a terrible cook when she married my father (laughs) and my father taught her how to cook and he was a phenomenal cook but she just had a good palate and and like enjoyed cooking and so both of them together in the kitchen was just like fireworks right and and so seeing that that instilled it in me and i remember like also when I was like maybe eight, 
years old or nine years old or something like that, maybe 10 at this point. Like that was the first time that I like baked something and with no fucking measurements because mom didn't use any measurements. Right. It was just was a, handful a handful of this, of this and a pinch you know, of that. Three yeah. eggs, Absolutely. just, a, you know, this much oil and whatever. I ended up using the wrong oil. She's going to hear this. Yeah. She's going to finally know. <laughs> yeah. I used olive oil and she used to use like, you know, corn oil or whatever back in the day. And I used olive oil in it and I ruined the cake. And I, I was like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that happened. And, you know, so that's that was like that. I like I was destined to be in a kitchen for sure. Like, you know, lying and using the wrong shit. Like I was destined to be a line cook <laughs> from like you a were just young checking age. All the boxes, all the boxes. I didn't know this. I'm like, I can lie to the chef. Like, yeah. great, fucking awesome. Like, you know, don't take ownership of your mistakes. Oh, yeah. Check. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be a great line cook one day. Yeah. And so, Way to lie the guy next to you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's him. It's him. It's him. Yeah. It's it's always the guy next to you. Yeah. So that's where I got the start. And then I moved here to the States. Uh, I was like 13 or 14 years old. And I never thought it was a thing. And uh, fast forward a couple of years, I graduated high school. And then I took a year, just fucked around, did some cool shit. I thought I was going to be an artist. Like, mm. I don't know what that means. But, you know, I like something creative, paint and draw and like take photos and do dumb shit that didn't make money. And, uh, and my father was like, no, we're not going to do that. You're, I, I, he, was, he was partially an artist. Like he'd done calligraphy and, and he was like, no, we're not going to do that. Mm. So you're, you're just going to chill for a year and figure out what you want to do. Yeah. And then the light bulb came up like in my head and it was like, oh, food. A friend of mine said, I want to go see, uh, look at culinary schools. And that light bulb was just so bright that I went to my dad and I was like, I think I figured it out. It's culinary arts that's what i need to get into and he's like yeah. oh fuck you're gonna be flipping burgers for the rest of your life you know <laughs> like, he wasn't wrong like i love making burgers mm-hmm. this burgers, day. you know what i mean like yeah yeah i love it i actually i think i would rather cook burgers right now than anything else yeah. but maybe just because i'm a little hungry <laughs> yeah. well we i mean we just hitting pretty fucking hard <laughs> there it is yeah we already got the munchies <laughs> The, uh, uh, we've talked about it on the show before, the, the idea that, um, that food is the only art that you have to consume to live. Uh, I think that it speaks to a lot of creative people. And I think if you, if you can get past the, and I'm going to say American ideal because we spent from the 50s through the 80s trying to separate people from their food, I think if you can get past that and you can actually see what it is going on in a kitchen, it really does appeal to anybody who's creative. If you like to draw or if you like to paint, there is a visual aspect to making a dish. Like I will add things into a dish that don't normally belong there because I want it to look the way that I want it to. I love that. And I think the flavors are going to work. I think that the smell, same thing. When you can take all of these disparate things and put them together and you've created something new, that smell didn't exist in this kitchen 20 minutes ago. And I did that. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's always spoken to me is I'm I'm my happiest human when I have something creative that I'm doing. And a lot of times when I stopped doing music, I was like, well, what is that thing now? And then it occurred to me that it was cooking and that I had just kind of, as I stopped making music, I just upped my game in the kitchen. And I think it was because my brain was just searching for a creative outlet. That's pretty fun. And it amazing. segued really easily without yeah. me really even noticing. It's, it's the only art form that uses all five senses. Yes. 
For sure. There's no other art form that uses all. You, you can try to eat a painting; it's not going to taste good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can yeah. try to smell it; it's gonna it's gonna have a scent. But like other art forms don't yep. have the five senses. So I so think that that's like a very powerful thing when when we're talking about it as an art, like truly as an art. That's how I pitched Alchemist in Copenhagen to Marnie when I had to let her know it was going to be a six-hour meal. Is that it's a museum. It's the only museum you can use all five of your senses mm-hmm. in. And I started framing all like restaurants that way. I mean, primarily fine dining, but all restaurants. And have you ever noticed that people who are artists themselves or love art, love great food? I mean, mm-hmm. I've created sort of this diametric pattern that, that I've just identified in people I've encountered throughout my life and even in marketing research that like people who hate good food also hate all art. Like they just, they don't care. I had an accountant I worked with for a former client. We've talked about this before who like, he didn't care what he ate. He said, if they could make that pill and I could just pop it in my mouth and I'd be satiated for the day, I would do that. Who is this person and why do you know them? I don't anymore. (laughs) Okay, good. I I murdered him. You murdered him. uh, That's good. (laughs) And for uh, for legal purposes, as your attorney, that was a joke. Allegedly. Storytelling. (laughs) I sure hope he's not dead right now. We we lean on the word allegedly a lot, mostly due to my drug use. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleged drug use. Allegedly. But no, I, 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 I've never made that connection, Charles, and I think that's incredibly astute because I just ran through in my head the people who don't care about food that I know, and almost across the board, they like still watch network TV sitcoms and don't go to concerts because it's a waste of money when you can just hear the radio. That's a, yeah, that's a weird yeah, commonality. I mean, I'm not denigrating anybody, but yeah, I'm if that's your like, jam, I guess, cool. If you're just like, food is for satiating myself, then also you probably think, you may you may think similarly about other things, but the more you care about art, the more you care about like fine art and music and um, theater and you know film. The more seemingly, and it's not it's not even. There are levels mm-hmm. to this, obviously, but it seems like more common that the people who care most about those things or a lot about those things care a lot about all the other mm-hmm. things. That's why you always see actors at these fancy restaurants. It's not just because they can afford it, you know. Yeah. Because I know a lot of I know a lot of people with a lot of money that don't care about food. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy, but yep. it's a very real thing. Like what? What are you doing? You yeah. you, you could have it all. What, what are you doing? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. Well, oh well. As long as you're happy, good on you. But I'll still no, I, I'll I still disagree. spend my time I with disagree the creatives. With that statement. <laughs> as long as you're happy, I'm unhappy. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Oh man, well, what do you think? Should we uh, should we cheers it up and let's do and it? Jump let's in. Do it. Cheers to you. Cheers. Boom. Cheers, Cross gentlemen. Charles. Am I first? I'm first. I think you are. Ooh, okay. All right, Sime. Uh, what's some <laughs> secret personal grooming or self care stuff that you don't really admit to anyone? Whoa, 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 whoa. You said nothing personal, my G, in the first thing right off the bat. Secret grooming habits? Secret grooming. We're, I mean... You've been sniped. I don't think it's a secret. Uh-oh. But, like, I don't shower. Oh. I'm that was kidding. a ripe I'm hog. totally kidding. <laughs> that was a ripe hog in the doorway. Yeah. No. I don't know. It's secret grooming things. Uh, 
Dude, I have too much fucking body hair. As as a fellow Same. Arab, you probably uh, understand the problem. Oh no, that. no! Remember, we already figured it out. That Charles. Oh, is, Charles. Oh, is, yeah. Is is completely hairless and and pale white and pale, underneath yeah, his shirt. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because because his his beard is actually an implant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's in case. Uh, welcome to our podcast. Uh, we're about to secret out- ginger. <laughs> we're about to out Charles for not being ass- actually Arab. Yeah, I do have Arab descent. He's <laughs> actually a Norwegian farmer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I would say it's it's trimming my body hair. That's a secret yeah. one. That's yeah. also like getting that in food is pretty nasty. Oh, so yeah. like my knuckles, I don't know, like. They're pretty right now. Mm. You guys can see them. You can say yes. You can say yes. yes. They are pretty. Yes, they are gorgeous. Thank you. I appreciate it. Dark in it. here. I could yep. tell. I, yeah. Um, there's a reason why it's dark in here. <laughs> so you can't see my knuckle. So I trim my knuckle hairs. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want them in the food. I feel you. Yeah. I also trim my knuckle hairs. Yeah. Did you say you shave your ass too? Oh, everyone knows that already. Though. It's come <laughs> Dude, up. Dude, I thought I thought we did wax. Yeah, it's, I can't. Did you make me wax and then you went and shaved? I can't. You guys, sun have you heard my of perineum. laser? It's a thing that men can have. Like yes. that's a luxury that what we is, can have. What is laser? Laser. Like oh, just laser yeah. your your entire body. That's they they can... offer it for like recovering Arabs. Like that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like have they like, gotten it so you can actually get like calligraphy in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Arabic calligraphy. Like yeah. they can write your name on it, so yeah. like you know everybody knows or like yes. what country you're from or like the origin or Isn't like that if just... you're repping like if. You're repping South Side. You can just put like South Side on your chest, is but in Arabic, obvi, obvi. Is, is it recovering Arab? Just what we call Arabs that live in the U.S. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yes, hundred percent. That's that's what we're. If we don't have twenty four hour access to a good shawarma spot, you are a recovering Arab. Yeah, because mm. now you know your addiction is just like is there, and you're just like thinking about it twenty four seven. Like I can't get shawarma at like three a.m. Like, what fucking world do I live in? So Burn that's all why down. we're recovering Arabs. That is the worst. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's really a shawarma <laughs> gig. You know what I mean? That's, all, that's, all, that's the key to everything. That's the key to everything. It's like yeah. the uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy towel. It's like towel and shawarma. <laughs> you just have to have some shawarma, and then you figured it all out. I Honestly, I can't think of a problem that, that couldn't help me through. I, that, that's what I'm saying. I wish he was kidding. What he's saying is true. Mm-hmm. Like it's, <laughs> I, it's you know, true. honestly, when... So a lot of people have asked about our, our Copenhagen trip because I ended up getting stuck in Amsterdam and we, I, I missed dinner at Noma and somebody's like, so is that like the, is that the, like the one great miss? And I will tell you, Charles, I only say this to certain people because I want them to understand where I'm coming from. But do you remember the, um, we drove by it, it was called Istanbul chicken and you said you know that shit's good because there's two old Arab men outside in socks arguing. Yeah, <laughs> I think, dude. I think socks about. I think about that we missed <laughs> smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I think about that we missed out on that because I just wanted to go back and try that chicken because you're so right. Whenever you that. see that, whenever you see that in any yeah. country, you know it's going to be good. And also, my mind won't stop trying to figure out what the fuck Istanbul chicken is. Like, is it a different uh, spice blend in the frying? Is it a different brine? I I really am mad. I think about it so much. <laughs> now I have this problem too. Thank yeah. You. So thank you. If you ever see it anywhere, please let me know. And also, if you ever just see two dudes 
dressed yeah. as such, then just know you should go. Two arabuncles and socks and sandals, smoking cigarettes, sitting on buckets, screaming. At Outside, you. Yeah, the that's, t- what, that's why my the food at my mom's house is fucking killer because yeah. there's always there's two dudes hanging yeah. out, <laughs> Dude, smoking cigs, yeah. ar- arguing about like yeah. cricket scores and or and something. Their pants are up all the way, and they're not actually related to us. No. Like they're just like the, no. the you know the stand-in Arab dudes because like you know like yeah. we 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 don't we don't have that you know but they're like pants are up all the way you know they're like t- their shirts are tucked in mm-hmm. a little bit of a like a little bit of a like a dad gut like a punch fat. you yeah, know what i mean yeah yeah. Fat. yeah yeah it's fucking beautiful man like yeah but that they, they they know where the good food is and they just hang out there but they're not related to us we don't know who they are <laughs> they're extras yeah. yeah it's pretty amazing they're like yeah they've got their pants pulled up so high they look like they're wearing gurkhas because you can see their whole calf like, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why'd you pull it all the way up like that? That's Plus, they always step on something. They you know what? Put their leg up on something. Yeah, that was. Uh, you know? I'm. I'm definitely <laughs> gonna start doing that now. Yeah, I'm, I'm dressing you. like that. I'm I think sweating. that's my new. I think that's my new like. That's it. I'm I'm in my villain era right now, and that's 100 percent the type of villain that I want to be. Just if I out. see you with a leg up clapping with a cigarette in your mouth, I'm going to be like, he's, in, he's a Middle Eastern uncle now. He's yeah. An Arab uncle. I mean, I, I, by, <laughs> by definition, I am a Middle Eastern uncle. You are. <laughs> yes, like 100%. Yeah. Like, I have 10 nieces and nephews, so yep, yep, uh, that checks out. 10 that I know of, I should say. Mm. Yep, I, that I know of. There could be more, I don't know, one of my brothers is wild. I hope he doesn't <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> I do call that a dance move, though, the Lebanese uncle. Oh, the Lebanese uncle, dude! Get that, a foot up on a chair. That needs to go on TikTok. That needs to be on TikTok, <laughs> dude. It does. Yeah. And then clap while I've, smoking. I've done it during the show. No one could see me do it. We should probably post a video of me doing it. One hundred percent. It's literally that. Just put the foot do up. Do you clap, twerk? Bounce. Do you twerk? They do twerk when they do it. Yeah. No, no. Do you twerk? Oh, you better Charles, believe it. Charles, do you twerk? You better okay. believe it. Does it? Cla- do it be clapping? <laughs> do it be clapping. It do must it clap. be clapping, especially if there's beef cheeks around here. No, ask Marnie. She's usually the recipient. <laughs> 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 giving her a round of applause. Yeah. We're about to start another podcast, but this one is more uh-huh. of an OnlyFan type thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just for Charles and his... Uncensored uh, Arab uncles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Arab uncles gone wild. Yeah. Just the censored bar over yeah. your butt crack. Right. <laughs> why, does this, why does this make me so happy? I don't know. Why am I so joyous right now? <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> Talk about grooming. Oh, yeah. We got to, we got to shawarma. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that was your that was your uh, the trimming of uh, the hair. That's probably the, the the biggest one. I think so. I uh, I've recently finally given in and needed to do the nose hair trimmer because that mm. shit was just getting wild. And Wacky. once my nose hairs started going with my mustache hairs, that was a tickle <laughs> that drove me crazy. Shit, I had to do that when I was ten, dog. See, there you yeah. go. <laughs> that shit's late onset. And then uh, we've actually gotten in an argument about this during uh, Art of World, but uh, also I'm a big proponent, and all fellows everywhere, please do this. Moisturize. Mm-hmm. Put some goddamn good lotion on your skin. It is wild how different it makes you feel. Who'd you argue with? JP and Dave Gustelis. Oh, wh- wait, what about, what was the argument? That that's girl shit. Oh. JP said that? Yep. Damn. Dude, JP is one swab motherfucker. I'm surprised he doesn't. He I use swore face to the ends of the earth that he does not use any lotion of any type. Oh, I use face lotion. I got that lotion for my nuts. Yep. You get these, you know, hairy and crusty. That's, you know, you got to, people leave the room. Nuts? 
or knuckles. knuckles. Those Perineum only. I'm like, Perineum. okay. I was like, yeah, I didn't know that the, the the nuts needed their own lotion. I was like, I'm about to learn some they new do. shit today. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've been testing models for about 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This went, yeah, this went sideways. I think your mom just turned it off if she was listening. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm, she's never going to, I'm never going to tell her I was on this. No, yeah, it's better that way. Okay. Wait, um, do you guys use, do you guys use a, f- a separate face towel i do not no oh you fucking meanderthal i'm telling you yeah, i have you i do need a separate face i, towel. I get I okay get really salty like about this. this is like this is the one thing that we need to change as men okay you use the same towel to wipe your booty cheeks mm-hmm. as your face when they're after clean, you yeah. get out of the shower yeah so here's the thing clean. i clean myself when i'm in the shower <laughs> so i'm very proud of how clean i am when i get out there's not booty cheek stuff left over. But I also, when I get out, I start by telling I don't telling think you understand off. how the booty works. <laughs> I, start, I start by telling my head and everything else off, and then you just sort of like shimmy it down and, and back up. Like, I'm not flossing. You know, we're not, we're not going front to back. I'm, you Neanderthals. Hey. Yeah, it's too, there, that, is, that is a controversial thing. Yes, Some it is. People are like, nah, you can't do that. You, you can't, that's why women look so... Fuck there! That's why they glow, and we look like we just rolled out of a bathroom w- using one towel. Yes. That's the difference. Because so they I literally and, and they moisturize, so you got you, you're moisture. I yeah. mean, you're do, you're halfway there, Ben. Yeah, but like, I don't gotta like I don't gotta flip the little the little uh, towel fold around the head because I don't have a lot of hair. Like one little no, rub, I have red. no hair. But yeah, like, so what? The you, beard needs its own, you know, its own love, like. That's what the beard oil is okay, for. So please, tonight, uh-huh. when you go home and you shower, <laughs> uh-huh. just get another towel and just wipe your face with that. Okay. And then come back tomorrow uh-huh. and then do it again. And then get rid of it after three days okay. and then get a new towel. And then after a month, well, you, you, have to call wash me, you call me. Like, yeah, every three days. What? Are you- oh, dude, my wife feels no, real no. hella validated right now. No, I'm just fucking with you now. <laughs> it, okay. my, my wife does more. Bad, uh, bathroom linen laundry than any anyone I've ever met. As it should be. As yeah. it should be. And then, like, you think about all of the bacteria that's on our faces that ends up in our mouths. And <clears throat> did I just sound like I'm slightly. No, man. Like, I'm in the. Because like, I am. That's because why I am. I'm bougie as myself. fuck, baby. <laughs> Technically, we're not supposed to shower that much, though. So, like, there's so many ways you could turn this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Washing your face and your ass. Oh, I'm saying showering. Should be a multi. Well, you gotta keep the booty. A multi-month, you know, uh, occasion. Like you do it like <laughs> every other month. You gotta wash your face and your booty at the same, but the same day every no. sixty days. Del, every 60 Del the funky Homo sapien actually days. wrote a song about this. It, it's literally the chorus. <laughs> yeah. You gotta wash your ass if you must. You gotta brush your teeth if you must. You gotta wash your face if you must, or else your ass will be funky. That's the lyrics of the chorus. Okay, so Kwame, you got to get those nose hairs taken care of. Forty four is what you're saying. Yeah, and then I, and then the area around my nose, I coat with a very good, not just like some crap that's on the end cap at Target. Like I actually ordered something for middle aged men. Uh, I'm sure that just means it comes in a black tube instead of a white tube, yeah. but whatever. Uh, so you can't recycle it. But I have noticed, yes, exactly. <laughs> I have noticed a change in my skin over the last like year that I've been doing that. I actually feel like my skin is younger mm-hmm. because it's not just getting bombarded by caustic chemicals sure. all the time. 
The nice thing about that company, though, is every bottle you buy, they throw a battery in the ocean. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> throw a car battery in the ocean. For uh, there's, there's some guy who just has to open a window and play John Cena's theme song yeah. for no reason. Like, <laughs> we got another man order. Do, 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 do. Mine is, uh, I, people think that I dye my beard. I'm 41 and a half. I don't dye my beard. You know what I do? I just tweeze any of the whites that come into that motherfucker. That's my secret grooming tip. I got a thick enough beard that the like I don't have that many white hairs in my beard. If I did, then I would be losing the battle. But I just tweeze them. I see when I tweeze it. Shout out to your wife for that one. Which one? Uh, Which wife? Uh, for, Marty. For, <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. I mean, hey man, hey. I, I knew that. I knew that you were. Yeah, you were Arab, but damn boy, you got more than one wife. Uh, no, for not giving your beard uh, white hairs, because that's like that's the number one rule. She wants me to have. She, she a, wants me to silver fox it. She's like, I think that the, the salt and pepper will look good. I'm like, I think my beard is so dark and so thick that it's gonna look weird unless there's a lot of them. I think like just a few spotty through this black beard will look weird. And also, I love my black beard. I want it to be black. I might dye it. I don't. I don't know yet. I don't have to make that decision yet. I like my beard being black. That might sound weird, but whatever. Dudes, we can do what we want. We got guys painting their fingernails. That's pretty cool, too. We got, you know what I mean? Like, some women are like, I don't want to dye my hair anymore. That's cool, too. But I don't know. We'll see. When when I got across that bridge, I'll make that decision. But I right would, now, that's what I do. <clears throat> I would just say two things uh, quickly. One, I would definitely uh, temper how hard I wished for a bunch of whites to show up at a place that's traditionally black. We've been known to, we, <laughs> whites have been known to do that before and it doesn't turn yeah. out well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. number two, can we please make a t-shirt that says tweeze the whites? Cause I just want to wear that out and see who gets mad. Oh yeah. I definitely uh, thought of a couple jokes around this, but you just covered the basis. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to let you keep that. <laughs> I would, I would 100% wear that shirt yeah. and just, and just stare at people. I'm yeah. ready to dye my chest hair. I'm oh, in. like okay. three white hairs there. See, I, I'm like just like, I do got a few in there. Yeah. I'll, I'll like go with, three of them. Yeah. I just uh, saw them this morning for the first mm. time, and I was like, where did you guys come from? Hey. <laughs> the fuck? No whites allowed here. Who invited you? <laughs> this is the wrong place for you yeah. people. I do like pushing it, though. Like, um, Charles, you were saying about painting nails and whatnot. Yeah. I went and got, my wife and I went and got pedicures, and the woman looked at me, and she goes, which color do you want? Ha, 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 ha. I was like, purple. And she was like, oh, wait, Which really? shade of purple? Yeah, is like and I was like, no, let's go. I go, let's go pick one. And she was like, oh, I was just making a joke. You don't have to do this. I'm like, no, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> so you don't have to do this. Yeah. First time he does it, he goes full. <laughs> well, and then the best part was, of course, not even thinking about it. The next weekend, we're up at the cabin, and like all of a sudden, my nephew's like, Uncle Ben, why are your toes painted? And then, you know, central Minnesota cabin folk, everybody starts looking around. I was like, because why not, man? Who wants to fight? And he went with it. <laughs> he was like, knuckles up in yeah, there. <laughs> why not? High five. And then we just went yeah. on the boat. No, it's great. I, I love that. It's become sort of like, do it if you want it. And I, I love that. I used to do black nail polish on mm. my feet when I did jujitsu. I've done it a few times Years on my hands. Ago. Yeah, yeah. No, it's whatever. Yeah. Do, do what you like. I go for the old uh, buff and shine. You know, I like it to be shiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember Chris Carter when I used to do uh, autograph sessions when I worked for Shenders, and we were in Chicago, and I shook his hands, and he had this, like, beautiful, I probably told this before, he had this beautiful manicure, and they were super polished and shiny, and I told him, man, you're, uh, I was like, your mitts are looking real good, 
And he goes, these are my money makers, baby. Got to keep them looking fresh. And I was like, of course. Like, come on. Probably has his insured. Each hand was probably insured for $20 million. That's so wild. I, You know what, though? I have noticed that, like, most of the pro athletes that I've met all all had. If they, if they cared about their appearance, all had really solid. Yeah. I mean, especially out. if you're a receiver. Those are your tools. Yeah. You know, those are your chef's knives right there. I hate my, my, my fingertips. I don't have the nails that go all the way to the end. I have like the pads on the end. And I think that no matter what, it always makes my, my hands look like I'm a little kid. So I don't ever fuck with, I don't ever do like manicures. I only do like pedicures. Big kid. Yeah. Well, shit. Cheers. Fuck it. Cheers. Cheers to taking care of ourselves and using whatever number of towels we decide. So I'm, Dude, I'm. That's the right number. Sima, I'm really gonna do this. I'm. I'm. No, I, cause I, I'm t- if you saw a difference in your by moisturizing, mm-hmm. and I hope you're putting on sunscreen too. Oh yeah. Well, the moisturizer that I use has, has SPF uh, twenty in it. And twenty. And I almost Maybe always we need sixty. Well, no, but then I almost <laughs> always wear a hat. We need so. sixty. It doesn't matter. It's to keep that skin young and beautiful. I swear to God, right now my wife is doing a cartwheel. She has she has like nine sunscreens of her own. Yeah, as she should. Yeah. And you need to use them. Yes. Okay. Also, if we're gonna she, go to the beach, that's totally different. Like, I'm, I'm just no, talking no. about like day in day out. Yeah, at, day like, in going day to work. out. Use the sixty. Okay. <laughs> when she's like out of the house, just go in the shower and just use all of her expensive shit <laughs> just use all of it well that's how we ended up with me having my own moisturizer see because she and has now you're gonna be like oh my god i just i fucking feel fabulous yeah like nothing i'm a fucking man nothing will take me down right now mm-hmm. until play, until she gets home true. and then she realizes that you used you know the 150 fifty dollar shampoo to wash oh. your balls you know what i mean babe leaves babe leaves sunday and then she i got will take you down son so i got i got eight days she leaves sunday i got eight days i'll come over this. i'm gonna try some well, s- well, there's, there's two things here's the thing i've thought about this before there are two things that have the word serum in them oh. and i want to use them because i've never put a serum on myself i've never it's called magic. it that i'm so excited for you right I'm yeah. just gonna have. Please I'll text me. Let me know. What, throw on a Robin goes. record and just dance yeah. around. I'm gonna sing into my hairbrush. Actually, it's my beard brush, but that's still hair, right? Just dance around. It counts. Mm-hmm. It qualifies. Uh, I'm in danger. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do we got? Uh, so going back to to being a kid, um, I don't know when when you came to the states. So I wanted to throw out like I'm not a sweets person. I'm not a huge dessert person now. But I did love the shit out of certain like candies and, and treats when I was a kid. So if you had to like give yourself a huge supply of like one thing from when you were a kid, like candy wise or treat wise, what would it be? Or what's the thing that you think of the most fondly? That's great. Um, <clears throat> I have such a horrible sweet tooth. I shouldn't say horrible. It's horrible. It's actually well. I mean, horrible. considering like, you literally have an ice cream business, I, I do don't have think an that that's much business, of a surprise. And I'm also lactose intolerant, and and like I love sweets and I love ice cream, and I just I'm just addicted to this stuff. But there's one Arabic dessert that I just go feral mm. when it's around. Kakil Eid which is the mm. cookies that they make during the holidays. Okay. Okay. So both the Christians and the Muslims make these same, you know, uh, cookies. And it's usually either around like Easter, maybe some people make them around Christmas. Yep. And then for the Muslims, it's around Eid, which is like there's two of them, one after the pilgrimage and one after Ramadan. And they're essentially like a semolina cookie that is stuffed with this like paste that is made with a ground down 
um, like a date paste that is flavored with a little bit of nutmeg, Ooh. a tiny little bit of cinnamon, and then they just like shape it into like multiple different shapes. It could be like a, a puck like shape or mm. or it could be like a round shape, like it kind of looks like a donut with a hole in the middle and they just like tweeze the outside of it and uh, they just put a little bit of like powdered sugar on top of it. And it's one of the most... I mean, honestly, it is the most amazing dessert for me. Like, sure. it brings me back to my childhood. And a particular story that, or a time where I ate, I don't know, maybe 900 of them <laughs> over the course of, like, three weeks because my mom would have to make tons of them and, like, hide them during, like, the entire month of Ramadan. Sure. Yeah. And then right after Ramadan uh, for Eid, they would serve them for guests that would come in. And so she didn't, you know, because <coughs> we'd have a ton of guests come over, you know, they <laughs> she needed like 900, 1,000 of them. Yeah, so they were everywhere. She comes and yeah. opens up the, the box, and there was just crumbs. It was just crumbs. <laughs> crumbs. So every Just Eid, one small tumbleweed like blows literally, through there. <laughs> yeah, literally that. Like every Eid, I get reminded of the story of the yeah. year that I ate. Oh, for sure. Hundreds of them. Hundreds <laughs> of I mean, it's close to like 900. Did so you? They, she makes it still to this day. And it's it's equally as good, and I I have no chill when it's around. I literally go feral, like I scurry them up. I'm like Rat Girl Summer all day long, like <laughs> putting them up in any any open like container that is around me, and I'm like pushing them to different parts of the house to just like hide them. They're they're little statues. They're easy to eat a lot of too so because easy. A, they're not that sweet. They're yep. like really delicate. Like that's one of the coolest things about it is it's almost like a like regal or like palatial like it mm. seems like something that a, a little princely boy would eat you yes know, like, and i am a princely boy like, princely that's literally boy. who i am like, that's why you're like i need 900 of these yes yes <laughs> berries and cream and berries and cream that's what i'm picturing <laughs> <laughs> and then eating like a uh, chris katana's mr peepers just yeah. like crouched down on a table like <laughs> like crumbs yes, flying everywhere. as you're going oh, definitely yeah. powdered sugar oh yeah everywhere yeah, those, like those, yeah, you look you look like Tony Montana. Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. At least I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but let me ask you this: Is there any like American candy that you loved when you were a kid? American candy that I loved. Or were you like kid? fuck all that? No, I hated American candies. Honestly, I loved okay. the European stuff, like the, all yeah. the Kinder stuff, because I grew up with that in the Middle yes, East, you right? Out. So, like when I moved here, I actually thought that the that the candies were terrible. In the U.S. Oh, except the first time. Yes, yes, yes. The first time that I tried a Nutter Butter. Oh, oh From okay. Little Debbie. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. Man, I freaked out. I was like, yeah. what the hell did they do? And then I, like, tried a honey bun, and then I oh. warmed it up in the microwave, and it was like my fucking wires got all twisted. I was, like, waking up in the middle of the night, like, heavy breathing, yeah. trying to think about when the next time I was going to see her. You know, the little Debbie Isles. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, yeah. you know, I'm Arab, so, you know, we own a grocery store. <laughs> surprise, yeah. surprise. So it was, I was seeing her every day. You were missing, they were missing some water so, bottles. Yeah, Miss Little Debbie was love. just, yeah. was, she was just backing it up in front Woo. of me 24 hours a day. And I'm just sitting there looking at her like, yeah, baby. Yeah, just just do that right there. So I would say that that like the, the, that would be it. The Little Debbie snack aisle. The numbers yeah. seem to be off in the snack cake aisle. 
<laughs> you're just crinkling with every movement because you got all the saran wrap, the plastic wrap film in your pockets. Dude, 100%. Charles, what was yours? See, I wasn't trained in because I was born here. Mm. I found out later in life that American candy is absolutely fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I like Butterfinger, Rolos, Arrow. Uh, Arrow, man. I, Arrow. About I liked that. how like airy they Wait, were. Wait, that's a bad word in Arabic. <laughs> he just realized that I like uh, a what? What did you excuse like? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, but I so I liked all that crap. I liked Andy's. I remember like you like go to mints? a restaurant. Yeah, you go to yeah. a restaurant. You know, Andy's mint at the end. That was my favorite part of the meal. I didn't know yet that all this stuff was really terrible. So I found out, you know, later. Like, I mean, first time I went to Lebanon, I was thirteen, and I was like, "Hang on a second. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Huh? <laughs> like when you try something somewhere else, like." I remember the first yeah. time I had real chocolate. That's what, yeah, that's <laughs> like, what's up. Because all that stuff has chocolate in it that I just mentioned. And now I hate chocolate, and it's because I learned that most of the things here that have chocolate in them, I don't care for because it's crayons. Yeah. It's crayons, chocolate-flavored crayons. It, it like, oh, here's a great, for instance, it's anecdotal to the guest who's here. Uh, last night I showed Marnie a post from Milk Jam, Semi's ice cream shop, of uh, the new ice cream that they're making that is chocolate ice cream with pistachio and cherry in it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I need that. And she was like, that's like really chocolatey. And I was like, Sam, I made it. It's going to be good. Plus <laughs> it's got like, plus it's got nuts and fruit in it. Like that, that combination. I'm like, I know that's going to be good. See, I know I can trust him, but if you just see like a chocolate thing, mm-hmm. it could be good, but I don't want to find out. Mm-hmm. Mostly my brain is like, don't eat. I feel so thing. special. And you validated. Feel I, I feel well, validated. I mean, for real, the quality of the ice creams that you put out, you should feel special because having access to that and then like bringing my friends there, especially when they're in from out of town, it's so wild because in my head, it's like, oh, well, we this is our version of it. And then I'm sure your city has a version of and they're like, no, this doesn't exist. Like the amount of thought that goes into non-dairy stuff, the amount of thought that goes into balancing flavors and not... Tasting like a fake version of a fake version of a flavor. That's why we had milk jam at my wedding. Yeah. That was half the dessert. Yeah, but dude, if you got your phone in your hand right now listening to this, don't crash your car if you're parked. Uh, go to Milk Jam Creamery on Instagram. It's, I mean, I don't know when you listen to this how far down it'll be, but just look for like the chocolatey, fruity goodness of, of this ice cream. It just looks, I mean, just even looking at it, I feel like I'm eating it. And it's Spumoni, which is something oh. that I try to convince a lot of breweries that I work with for years to do as a stout, like make a Spumoni stout. Mm-hmm. And everyone has roundly refused me. So now that I'm not actively on retainer with any breweries, that's a freebie for anyone out there. I will buy it, and a lot of other people will too. So give it a shot. Plus, it. it's got alliteration. Oh, he's always got his business hat on. <laughs> yeah. Charles King Business Jr., <clears throat> <laughs> well, there is a king business in the cities, so that's why I called you Junior. That's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, you're related to real king business. Yeah. Quam, <laughs> what you got? I, you know, I kept going back to also a cookie. Um, Though the thing that I like had the problem with, like I loved all of like the sweet and sour fruit, like Starburst Skittles, Jolly Ranchers. I loved Star all Patch that kids. shit. Sour Patch Kids, I loved all that. But if I, like, the thing that I freaked out about, the thing that I would, like, 
shame eat that I would like, I would squirrel away and then go eat in the basement. <laughs> I love that term, shame eat. <laughs> you know, like, like as you're taking it, you know you're doing something yep. that you're not supposed to, but it, I can't It's not. like 90% of my life. Yeah. Um, my grandmother used to make um, thumbprint cookies with oh. frosting in the middle. Oh. And I loved hers, but there's a, a bakery in my neighborhood. It still exists in Minneapolis called Willette's. And Willette's had the best version of the thumbprint cookie ever because they're, they're icing. So it's basically an almond flour cookie, like an almond flour shortbread with a little bit of uh, almond essence in it. And then you press your thumb into it in the middle of the cookie, and then you fill that with fruit jams or chocolate or frosting. And the ones that I loved the most were from Willette's. It was a, it was a frosting that was almost the consistency of like a fondant like a thick toothsome frosting but then when it hardened it had like a little candy almost like a gloss okay. shell to it and so what you do is you eat all the cookie around and then you got a little bit of cookie and a bunch of frosting and then you crush that when and you i eat was that now though is this something you still enjoy or you i get every kidding? so they make them a lot of the holidays i don't know it if they do sound them. like something you would like now no why, okay i do um at least once every year yeah. i'll just grab like a little box of four of them okay. from the bakery yeah, and i'll yeah, and I'll just kind of drive around doing that. There's a couple like little tributes I do to my grandma, and that's one of them. Cool, cool. And it's just like it's just awesome. It, I definitely don't love them as much as I did back then. Maybe with coffee or something. Yeah, yeah. but but uh, like that was the thing where I would take them off of the holiday table and I would like wrap them up in a napkin and I would mm -hmm. go downstairs so I couldn't get yelled at for eating too many of them. <laughs> I'd like smash them all downstairs and I'd run back up and oh, I guess I'll have one. And then you could eat one in front of everybody so it looked like you were participating. That was that was that was that for me. All right. Since you guys uh, did a little end around in addition to candy, you did pastry. I'm gonna say that too. I'm gonna be in Lebanon in a few weeks here. I haven't been there in four years. I'm really looking forward to it. There's a lot of confections in Lebanon that like make me that's when I, I like when the plane lands, I regenerate a sweet tooth because I don't have one here. When I'm in Lebanon, dude, it's on. Like on the way home, I gotta get something. Like, I gotta get Znudelsit or Batlewe or whatever. But this one bakery, and a lot of bakeries make them, but this one bakery makes these little perfectly formed balls of dough covered in sesame seeds, golden brown. The middle's filled with apricot paste, and I could eat a whole fucking box before we get to the condo. Like, just popping those fucking things. I'm <laughs> unwell right now. It I'm is very hard. unwell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very unwell. I want that. So I want to be you so bad right now. <laughs> in two weeks, yeah, yeah, in two weeks, not today. Yeah, in two yeah, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> My today. God, not today. It seems very annoying right now, but. <laughs> yeah then i'd have to put up with myself and that's uh, you know that's gonna yeah. be bad so. a little yeah we do a little yeah. the worst body swap comedy of all time it's like <laughs> we look similar so there's almost no <laughs> <laughs> the movie poster is just the spider-man meme of them pointing at each other yeah. this plot is terrible <laughs> all right cheers y'all cheers pouring out a little juicy grapefruit mm. the taste that's gonna move you Who's up? Me? Mm -hmm. That's me? Diz. Okay. Sammy, what's one thing it was surprising you were allowed to do when you were a kid, and one thing it was surprising you were not allowed to do as a kid? The not surprise the this thing that was surprising that I wasn't allowed to do was raise pigeons. Mm. Like 
what the <laughs> fuck? Like, why? I was not, but I raised pigeons. I definitely raised pigeons. I had like I Mike Tyson. several hundred pigeons by the time that I was like 14 or 13 before I left. Yo. Yeah, it was wild. And wow. I was not allowed to raise pigeons. So you were doing that on the low. You were I was doing it on the low, but they yeah. found out and then they, they try to take them away. And it's just like, it was just, it was like a East Coast, West Coast beef. You know what I mean? Like me and Did my you parents. you summon them to carry you away then? You know what? I was just like, just shit on their cars. Yeah. <laughs> just shit well, on their cars. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, how secret could you have been with that much bird shit? Uh, not very secret. Okay. All right. And then the fact that like we lived on the top floor and then like the pigeon coop was right above <laughs> yeah. like my parents' bedroom. But they were like, they were not very happy with me. You know what I mean? Like they just were not very happy with me. But yeah, I had a, lo- a ton of pigeons. Um, and the thing that is like super surprising that I was um, allowed to shoot a gun. Yeah. Because my dad was in the military. And so... Yeah. Yeah, he was like, yeah, well, let, we can go shoot a gun. But I was like, but I can't fucking raise pigeons? Like, <laughs> what? He's like, no, but you can shoot pigeons. And you're like, don't yeah. say well, that. Well, I did, I did try to shoot uh, 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 a hawk once because oh. he ate one of my pigeons. Ooh. Yeah, okay. but um, that that's a story for a different day. I need to be way more, you know, comfortable in my shirt off in order <laughs> yeah. to tell you guys that story. <laughs> okay. We'll say that for 2.0. <laughs> I like that you tied in your two things together yeah, too. I think yeah. that's that's actually kind of beautiful. <laughs> it's I mean they, they kind of go hand in hand in a way. You know? And in the Arab world, like the gun thing is it's normal. Yep. It, you walk around and shoot birds to bring home to grill. Yeah. Like in Lebanon, in Tula, where my parents are both from, this little country town, you see little kids walking around with rifles, actual rifles walking around to shoot birds and then they go home with a bag full of them and the grill's already going and you throw them on the grill. They're fucking delicious, by the way. Eat the heads. It's the best part. Mm-hmm. People are scared of that. but I'm in. I mean, most of the things that get served that way, that's where all the flavor is. Crunch them. Crunch. <laughs> Pop it. Um, for me, what was it again? Like something that you... Something that's surprising that you were allowed to do and it's surprising you weren't allowed to do. Yeah, uh, something that's surprising I was allowed to do. I flew alone a lot. It is wild thinking about how different airports were when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I took my first solo flight when I was eight. And the fact that... Where were you going? uh, That was just up to Bemidji. My my grandmother uh, ran, um, for all intents and purposes, of halfway house um, for folks that were getting out of, like, a small jail up in northern Minnesota. And for whatever reason, she didn't have enough time with coverage for everybody there to f- drive down and get me. And every summer, it was just me and my mom. So it was like the game of like how many camps and f- relatives' houses can she send me to so that she could actually get a couple months of quiet. Um, and so my grandma was always really good about it. But that time I had to fly out there. So that was just Minneapolis to Bemidji. But still, you're eight and on a plane. But I've done New York, Washington, uh, L.A., all all before I was 14. And when I say that to my friends who have children right now that are about that age, they look at me like, that's not possible. And I was like, well, you used to be able to like park out front, walk somebody to the gate, see them off, and then have somebody waiting there when they got off. I mean, it wasn't a perfect system, but it worked. Yeah. Um, and their I just kids, think their it, kids still fly too. It <clears> depends <throat> on circumstances, right? Yeah. Like, it's just fascinating, like watching people's faces be like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, yeah, 
12, I literally flew to Washington, D.C. by myself. I found the guy who was going to drive me to where my mom was. Like, cool. All right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Did you also shoot guns? Uh, uh, (laughs) A little bit. I I was gifted a 22. You are also Arab. Yeah, I was gifted a 22 rifle. Welcome, brother. For my my sixth birthday. A 22. Yeah, a little 22. I still have it, actually. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful little guy. Um, But no, I think think the thing that's the most surprising for people that meet me is that I was not allowed to play football when I was a kid. And for somebody who, by the time college hit, was 6'5 and like 220, 230, it really just kind of seems like a waste that we didn't figure that out. But uh, A... It was really, really expensive, and we did not have much money. So I think that was probably the biggest contributing factor. Because you're there paying for all of your flights. Yes, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) To gallivant all over the world. That's why. Let's be real. That was actually, because it was back then, it was actually cheaper sometimes to fly me to wherever my mom had to go for work than it was to find a babysitter that could stay with me overnight. And after the first time she figured that out, like I could just, as long as I had my Walkman, a book and like something to draw on, I would just hang out in the hotel room or if it was somewhere that had the pool, I could just like go hang out there. But again, totally left to my own devices. I, when I was and look at you now, 12 turning 13, I spent an entire day in Paris by myself, like just getting on the subway, going around, like, I don't know. And then again, it doesn't seem that crazy until you talk to somebody who has a 12 year old right now and be like, would you just, Say bye in the morning and then just say be back by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. But it's a you know, different world. Not really a different world. We just see it, view, view it differently. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that that kind of feeds into my answer. And the only reason my answer is what it is is because it's a tale of freedom, the what I was allowed and what I wasn't allowed to do thing. And it's something that's common for a lot of people that are our age. When you grew up, you'd get shoved out the door and you'd be out yeah. all day long. That's the thing that was surprising. I was able to do. Mostly that's just surprising to like young people who are younger than us mm-hmm. by a factor of like five years or more younger than we are you know we're in our 40s um sammy is not by the way in his 40s <laughs> 31 uh i just turned 29 thank oh, you that's right asking. oh that's right because you're worried about turning the, the yeah, big, big three oh yep, <laughs> yep. so um yeah very much that the like the rest of the kids in the neighborhood son comes up get the fuck out of here son comes down mm-hmm. people are hollering at the door to come eat dinner but the thing that was surprising that I wasn't able to do is I couldn't do shit if my mom had to bake bread because I had to help her bake bread. Oh. So we, and we, we talked about that on the show. My first job was nope. as an unpaid baker. Um, For your mom? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My mom used it. to bake bread for church parishioners. So the big loaves of unleavened Lebanese bread that I wish we could have more ready access to around the Twin Cities right now. Like I wish my mom still did that without me helping, by the way. But um, I wish that was a thing I could have more access to. But all the parishioners of the church that we went to we were kids and then people in the neighborhood started to buy dozens of loaves of bread. My mom would do all the dough work and I'd sit in front of the oven with gardener gloves on and actually bake the bread. That's incredible. <laughs> um, but it was this, the thing actually, when I look back on it, it sounds like some child labor shit, but I did really enjoy the act of baking the bread. The only thing actually that I did not like at the time was that I couldn't hang with the homies because I had to bake bread all day. Uh, the all homies, day. they come and they go. The bread does not. <laughs> That's fair. You yeah. know what I mean? No, <clears throat> I feel like the older I get and I 
Like you, you got up and you, you got that bread. You know what I mean? Literally, literally, literally you got up and you made that dough and you got that bread. Yeah. Like referring back to those times, the older I get, the more I'm like, that was pretty dope. Actually, that I was, I was like baking bread at ten. You know, and um, there's a lot of work because that's a lot of labor, and it's summer, and you're sitting in front of this giant cast iron oven. Uh, when you're a kid, that doesn't bother you nearly as much, but it was tough. I could hear my friends screaming in the yard and shit outside. Mm-hmm. And if it was like my turn, cause my brothers would help too. I think I helped the most cause just obviously I was the best baker, <laughs> but, uh, I could hear them like playing in the yard when it was my turn to be down there baking. I'll be like, man, but now I'm like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Actually. That's that I, amazing. That I learned that skill and I want to like fire that skill back up because I, I haven't. But I would, I would like to like. We should make some bread together sometime. We should, dude. I got a fucking crazy ass oven in my yard, pizza oven. Which Did, does it like? Does it like want to fight people? Is it like? Is it unhinged? Wants to fight me because I'm not using like, what it. What kind of what kind of what kind of crazy ass oven? Like, does it want to <laughs> cut me? Like, I I don't. Oh, you find out. I don't play around like that, man. We'll I, I'm I'm too. I'm like yeah. <laughs> I've been in therapy for far too long to fuck around with an oven that's crazy. <laughs> All I can picture right now <clears throat> is like us sitting in your backyard, Charles. There's a there's a bar uh, about half a block from Charles' house. All I can picture is like me looking around and be like, yo, where's your pizza oven? And then we just hear the sound of wheels going down the sidewalk and your pizza oven just yelling, you want some of this work? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing I've ever heard yelled outside of a bar. Just screaming down the street. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Just going down there to fight people coming out of the bar at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Charles. Cheers to shooting hawks and bacon bread. <laughs> uh, we've talked a lot about on the show with a number of our guests um, who have uh, varying levels of uh, bilinguality. Bilingual. People that speak multiple languages at varying, various levels. Um, it, it's way more fun to curse in other languages. I, I truly believe that most other languages, because they've been around for maybe longer or whatever, they just have more colorful insults. Do you have a go-to like favorite curse or insult in any other language? Okay. I, this is, this is a topic that is like fucking near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Good. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I, <clears throat> I love the word fuck. Mm-hmm. It is, it's probably my favorite word in any language. Yeah. It's like, fuck, you know what I mean? And it's like, fuck, and it's like, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've yet to reach something. That it doesn't work for? That it doesn't, well, th- that <clears throat> like, no, that like, it, that, like, it equates to the power of the word fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. So mm. in Arabic, there's a bunch of swear words. Or insults. And insults, Because we're very creative. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very, very creative. Like, and and these insults and these swear words, I mean, like, they will get you killed if you say them to the wrong person. Sure, 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 sure. And, uh, (laughs) you know, when, and and as Arab men, like, when you start, like, making American friends, like, you're like, all right, here's the list of fucking swear words. Don't ever fucking say them to me, otherwise you're going to fucking die. And look at me, I'm saying fucking every other fucking word, right? (laughs) Like, I love that word, right? (laughs) But... In Arabic, there's so many great words, but when I curse in a second language that is not in English, it is in Espanol. Oh, yeah. Yes. Don't ask why. <laughs> that is like, hijo de la chingada is like my fucking yeah. favorite. Yep. 
That's like my. It does sound real good too. I mean, it just fucking rolls off. It's just like, <clears throat> you know. And then you know, sometimes I just say mad, you know, yep. like just, just. But just hijo de la chingada is like fucking like. Like, I'm partway Mexican, I think, just because of how often I use the word hijo de la chingada. <laughs> or the phrase, I should say. It has to, I, I think for it to really be, like, like top tier, it has to feel good the way that the words form together coming out of your mouth. And I think that that's a perfect example of that. Yeah, that's a Like, you have to, it has to feel like you're cursing somebody for it to really have its full, you know? Yeah. Like, you gotta, it, all the pieces have to fit together yeah. so that it comes out yeah. like a Ab- fucking Voltron. Yeah. And if I ever swear in Arabic, rest in peace. <laughs> oh, like, then you know it's on. That When I get into, like, that mode, mm-hmm. like, rest in peace. <laughs> Will you please translate your uh, Spanish thing for the listeners? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, look it up. <laughs> Google they're, it. They're going to have to know how to spell it, though. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll remain a mystery for many of our listeners, and that's yes. okay. Uh, I always refer to you Arabic because we're so fucking creative with insults, and some of them are seemingly innocuous but are, like, very, very mean. Like, Ibn al-Qalbi, like, the son of a dog. That's, like, very serious. Ikhrabaitik, uh, uh, like... I hope I told Quan about this one earlier. Like, I hope your house is destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a thing. Yeah. I hope God destroys your house. Is literally, that's, and then you can like also if you really if you're really mad, like, you can yeah. add the parents too. You can say also I hope that he ruins your parents' house. Like all of your homes are destroyed. Uh, I this one I just occurred to me now, which I really like, and it sounds it uh, it's another one that sounds innocuous because if you just said it to someone in English, it doesn't sound that mean. But it's, I mean, if you said it to someone in English, it would be really weird. But it's a knife in your heart. It's Sakin bi albek, and it's a very mean thing to say. It's a yeah. really, really mean. The other thing is like there's shorthand for it, which literally you just yell knife. You just go Sakin. <laughs> like, right. That's how you know someone That's says fun that to shit. Yell. Yeah, someone says that shit too much is when they just yell the word Sakin, and you know what they're saying. They're saying, "Look, I'm not even. You're not worth the whole phrase." But the phrase is a knife in your heart, and when you yell it like that. That's like, you're telling someone you want them to die. Yep. I don't know why it's funny to me, but those insults are so dark. And if you say most of these to someone in the Arab world, you you will be hurt. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, but, but my, my favorite is when, like, my dad yeah. would say Ibn al-Kalb, which means the son of a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he would insult himself. Yes. And I'm like... Pops, it just, let me explain this that whole one thing to you. Hit the same. It don't hit the same. But then I'll be like, "Yo, you, you coming at my dad? Like, yeah. like what? Hey, dad, you coming at my dad? <laughs> yeah, you're coming. Like, dog, I'm, I'm about to fight. You know what I mean? And then, or like, and then here I am, like, in the bedroom crying. You know, because he looked at me for like thirty seconds. You know, he just looked at me, just stared at he you. Just, he just stared at me, and I'm just like, all right, I just rest in peace. I give up. Yeah, moms do be saying like Ibn Shamut, and you're like, well, yep. What do you, what did you just do? Yeah, what did you just do? Yeah. <laughs> is you? Is this me? Who? How? how are, are we both? Is this like the, uh, son, of, d- son of a bitch? For clarification, no, I, know, I'm saying, like, I, I do have to make a clarification. Yeah. Sharmuta and shawarma are not the same thing. Mm. You know what I mean? That's two different things. So, so you're not a son of a sandwich. Yes. Then, you know. I want to open a spicy shawarma truck and call it son of a sandwich. shawarma. Wow. Yeah. Can we uh, remind that? me never to invest in any of your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. 
That's fine. It, I just I like mean, the idea. Great, but like no Arabs will go eat there. What about Dreet in the street? I've been wanting to open that one in a while. What? <laughs> Dreet in the street. What does that translate to? <laughs> Farts in the street. Oh, I was going to say, because that's the same word for, for shit in Norwegian. <laughs> so it's just like shit in the streets. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah, let's go. All right, guys, I'm going to head out. <laughs> it's been real. Shit yeah. in the oh, streets. see, he just pulled up USPTO. He's about to trademark my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love like creative insults. That's the, that's the thing that bums me out is we just like, mm. you know, a lot of other cultures have multiple languages or multiple words for love and multiple words for delicious. And I just think that we sometimes are less creative with how we do things. And I remember when I lived overseas, the international students, first time you're all out at the bar, the first thing you do is try and figure out everybody's like best insults and i remember because we had we had uh we had greek dudes uh, a couple of french women some norwegians some swedes and um uh, some italians and then a guy from albania and he fucking cornered it like everybody was going around we were all saying shit and then he had one that was um fuck the entire first line of your funeral and he's like that if you throw that out there you're literally saying in one fell swoop like your mom your dad your brothers your sisters your kids Everybody, I was like, okay. Also inferring that you were dead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, You've dark. already died. That's dark. And then we're also going to fuck all that. I love it. I uh, need to learn that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was... Um, There's probably an Arabic equivalent of that. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. There was another one that was... Uh, uh, I actually think I remember this. It was a Chiu Mea Rusha Barda, which is like basically fuck you with polar bears, but it means fuck you as the verb. Like, I hope you get raped by a polar bear. I just, thought, I just thought that was oh. great. Wow. Um <clears throat> This went dark, you guys. What, yeah, yeah these one are, of our uh, this is, this is, this we got Arab sweating right now. It's just one yeah, of, I'm sweating. One of our friends from I'm nervous. Um, who you was made Armenian. She said that they made had, me nervous. We need had, to change the subject. <laughs> they had they had one. Um, I, I don't remember how to say, it, but they had one that was. Uh, I I hope you're consumed by the darkness. And I'm like, that's, oh, that's beautiful. Actually. Yeah, that's like gorgeous, but also the saddest of all of them. Like yeah. you just yeah. vanish into the darkness. Sounds like an Alanis Morissette song. But when you when you wrote this out, the thing that I couldn't stop laughing about was that um, because of of America's reputation around the world, um, all I could think of was how funny it was when you want to call somebody completely fucking batshit crazy. Like when you're like, I think I could probably rob a bank. You know, some shit like that. When you're out at the bar, the Norwegian slang is you. You call that person Texas. That's literally like I gasped. Like, I gasped. Like, That's amazing, like, my man. You're going Texas. That is literally. I'm gonna steal that. And it's, I'm it's start. I'm gonna start using yeah, that. Like, Somehow that was the darkest one of all. Yeah, and I, I think, like, and I loved it yes, oh because the, the it's like if we said the same thing about like, oh man, you're going Florida. Like you know what you're yeah. saying with that. Nobody's gonna be like, oh, I don't get it. Like you know exactly what the fuck that means. Ah, so like going Texas also, it's like out of pocket. It's off the grid yep. because their grid doesn't work for power. correct. Yeah, because they're independent. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I just... Sorry, I, there's layers, there's yeah. layers to this layers. shit. A third of the way around the entire globe, and they're like, uh, well, you know, uh, Hans, he's, uh, he got a bit Texas last night, but, uh, you know, he'll be fine uh, maybe tomorrow. Okay. And it's just like if I get drunk and put a cowboy hat on. Uh, I, you're, you're a bit Texas, Charles. Yeah. Uh, could you maybe... Bring it back down to Scandinavian. Uh, Middle Eastern, Midwestern. Where you, you know? speak quietly and don't like any of the people around you. Yeah. <laughs> Reluctant hugs. That's our culture. <laughs> Reluctant hugs. All right. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to go in Texas with your friends. <laughs> yeah, go in Texas. And reluctant hugs.
Just yeah. kidding. We put full strength in all of our hugs. Yeah. We do. We get, we give good hugs on this podcast. I would put our hugs up against any podcast out we there. Be hugging. Ooh, have you guys hugged Niver? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. T-Bone? Okay, that boy, he can hug. Oh, he gives a real good one. That boy can hug. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but there's two of you, so you could probably take him down with your hug. Yeah. We squeeze him real hard. Real hard. Yeah. He was a little light. Headed walking down the stairs at a PNA hall when he Oh hell this. yes. That's that's the type of hug that I'm fucking <laughs> that's with. That's what I'm saying. T Bone. Wow. What's up, T Bone? All right. Let's talk about food stuff. <laughs> I forgot we called him T Bone the whole time. We did literally the entire time we called him T Bone. <laughs> I asked him to introduce himself. He's like, What up everybody? I'm T Bone. And then we call him T Bone. And the then whole we time. we just made it stick the entire time. <laughs> and we giggled every time we said it. <laughs> yeah, like, every time that's I said hilarious. It. So T Bone. Especially because we'd be presenting a time we'd be like, so T Bone. And then everyone would just start I'm like, stop, this is serious. Okay, so let's talk about food. Sammy, is fine dining dead or is fine dining evolving? To me, it's dead. Yeah. Like, it's dead to me. I'm so over fine dining. But I was actually just having this conversation. Like, you as a chef, you get to a point where, like, you've seen it all. Everyone's doing the same tricks. Okay, cool. We've seen this. We've tasted this. You're just, you know, putting lipstick on a another dead foam and uh how many purees can we put on a fucking plate and can we all like just serve the same things and every once in a while you go eat at a restaurant that just like slaps you or like hugs you or like smacks you or like just does something and for me that was gagan in thailand Mm. several years back before he moved on and started his own business or his own restaurant um and that was like that reinvigorated my love for fine dining. And it was like, it was Indian flavors with, you know, modern technique. But he had a sense of fucking humor. His entire menu was all like um, emojis. And he based these dishes on these emojis. And so you didn't know what you were getting. You know, you That's sat it. down and they'd be like a corn emoji. The corn emoji was like, I remember this dish. And this is probably like seven years ago. Okay. This was, like, beautifully presented on, like, a plate of dried corn. So everything is monochromatic. And then there's, like, little corn um, waffle slash pancake type situation happening. It was more of a waffle-like shape. Sure. And then, so that was corn flavored. And then he had a, a goat brain mousse on top of it. So the highlight wasn't really the corn. It was he was feeding us goat brains. Yeah. And then he was just on the menu, it said corn. Corn. And so who doesn't love corn? You know what I mean? Like everybody loves corn. I have yeah. yet to meet a person that does not love corn. Right. How many people here love goat brains? Right? So like there, he I think two of 11 of them are sitting in this room. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It might be three of 11 of them. Well, do you like Yeah, absolutely. So three of 11 people in the city. Exactly. And so you're like so you you think about something like that. It's like this guy took a total chance on this dish. And and they don't tell you what it is. They just serve it and then they go, "Okay, eat it. Goodbye." And so that those moments I I kind of they're so few and far between that they like make you question or make me question like what what is my like why do I not like fine dining and it's because you know I've seen and eaten the same things in different cities it's like oh this I've eaten this dish in Paris I've eaten it in 
Bangkok, I've eaten it in New York, I've eaten it in LA, but just with slightly different flavors, or maybe the technique is different. So, but like as a whole, I feel like it is evolving, and I feel like 15 years ago, there was like a trend towards like fine foods being more accessible and that's when i first like started looking at like opening up world street kitchen and that was like we were using the same ingredients at world street kitchen um that we were using at my fine dining restaurant it was called saffron and that was like a middle eastern restaurant with like a heavy focus on um like the levant and north africa and so um we use the same ingredients, but it was a quarter of the price because it wasn't as, you know, fancy and, and what have you, and it was quick serve. So that was, like, for me, is, like, the transition between that fine dining and, like, the sort of the experience into can we deliver that same level of love and appreciation for the food and ingredients in a fast-paced environment uh, for a quarter of the cost and make it more accessible to more people? And so that got me excited. And that I started thinking about that idea, like, you know, at least 15, 16 years ago. Maybe yeah. even long. I don't know. Really? I have I have terrible memory when it comes to, like, timelines. But now I see, like, a lot of young chefs that don't necessarily know fine dining in the sense that I knew when I was coming up <laughs> in the game. Like, they never got steaks thrown at them for being, you know, overcooked or, you know, they never had to eat, you know, mousse off of, you know, the floor because they dropped foie mousse on the floor and the chef was a fucking maniac that made them eat it every time that they dropped something off the floor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but then, but then they're like approaching food with a little bit more sort of fun and they're, I don't think they have the same constraints. So I'm excited to see what those young, bright minds and amazing palates are, are going to create next. I think a lot of people sort of see a lot of restaurants that are succeeding and then they just want to copy or emulate that style or, Absolutely. you know, sort of thing, you know, like the, the Noma effect after that shit yes. happened and everybody yes. was just like, all right, let's replicate that same shit all over the fucking world. And it's like, Okay, but that like just because you can, that doesn't mean you should. So I'm at a point right now where like Noma's a little bit in the in the sort of in the hindsight, and and people are there isn't like because the the internet is so like by the moment you're getting thousands of different things that are like shouting at you, and information is just so fast traveling that it it's not like it used to be, right? So like these the you had to buy a cookbook back in the day, yeah. first of all, to yeah. like learn what the fuck people were doing, right? And and then maybe if you were lucky and you you know scrounged up enough like cash, maybe maybe you could like go stodge there. Mm-hmm. If you were lucky as fuck, maybe they fed you a meal in the kitchen afterwards. But like the idea of like seeing how a plate is done online in your phone right now is like that is a luxury that we didn't have growing up. So I'm excited to see what these young minds are. I mean, younger than mine (laughs) because I'm 29. 29, Yeah. Yeah, So like I'm excited for these 19 year old chefs Mm -hmm. to see what they're doing. Um, And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be good. So where it's going. Yeah, I think that um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see which way the wind blows because part of the thing that I feel about art is that there's too much influence 
And it might be why we see the same dish in so many manifestations. It's because everyone's, everyone's influenced now. Yeah. No one's acting without influence or acting with less influence. So it will be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'm, I'm curious if that ends up being like too much to bear where everyone's making the same, you know, uh, collared wrapped sea bass around the globe. <laughs> like, we'll, but that we'll mean see. that, but that's been an age old thing, right? Like everybody bought the Charlie Trotter cookbooks when they came out. Yeah. Right. And everyone was like stacking shit up and like, you know, that whole era went along and then, and, you know, and, you know, whoever else was next. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all copied that same thing and we spoke the same language and sure. everybody wanted to, Well, you know, think about, it. take it a step farther back and think about even like joy of cooking and yeah. all that, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. where that was like, a, that was like supposed to be a thing that got passed down, right? you know, and, and, and just seeing how things have, have spun since then. I wanted to take a second though, because we never got to finish the thought of like your culinary history and then it just hit me when you brought up Saffron that we never actually talked about that restaurant. We were talking about you being a kid and watching your parents uh, make stuff, and then we just kind of yeah, segued I right like into how that. It occurred this way, though. Yeah. Um, so it, it, just for our listeners, like Saffron was an incredibly important restaurant to both Charles and I, and I have so many wonderful memories tied there. But I didn't know you at all as a person. I don't think we had even talked before, and so I, I actually don't know how that restaurant came to be and where you were before that you, you were just such a presence once that place opened that then I've just followed ever since. Um, it's thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Like hearing, hearing those words, uh, makes me very like happy and, and slightly sad. Mm. I feel like that restaurant was so ahead of its time. Absolutely. It was like, it was draining. It drained me. But, um, it was everything that I needed to do at the time to like, to like win. Mm. Right. Um, I moved to the U S in 97 and then I opened Saffron in 2007. Okay. So 10 years after I moved here, I moved here when I was 13. I opened it when I was 23. Holy shit. And the impact of that on one psyche is pretty fucking huge. And particularly when you're trying to, I mean, the, 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 my, my goal for it was a restaurant that I can celebrate my culinary heritage. Mm-hmm. And I'd cooked at restaurants around the cities. I've cooked at restaurants around the country. And I worked at some pretty amazing restaurants prior to that. And it wasn't the, like a super long time that I was in the industry before I opened Saffron. It was, it was actually pretty fast, like paced, that people were like betting how fast we were going to fail. Like, you know what I mean? And when I was in culinary school, like a total side note, I was a, I was like, wow, I was a mess. Your boy was a mess. <laughs> and, uh, but I walked in day one and I had one thing in mind and it was to make dad proud and not have to flip a fucking burger. Mm. Right. Yeah. That was it. That was, that was it. So I needed to, I needed to be the best at everything. And I knew I had a good palate because I'd been cooking at home and so on and so forth. So when I got out of culinary school, well, even towards like the end of my time in culinary school, I'd seen all of these famous chefs and I'd seen who's on the cover of like food and wine magazine and gourmet and, and whose books were we buying. And there's no one with a name that I could pronounce easily. Mm -hmm. Right. It was all 
white male dominated and the best chefs around the twin cities largely were white males there was i think like two or three women that were like super 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 badasses back then that you know hand restaurants that with huge impact on our cities um and so i wanted to i wanted to be one of those people that mm-hmm. impacted you know generations to come by having a restaurant that represented my culinary history, but also a place where chefs like me, young Arab chefs, could be like, yeah, I actually could get into the food business. Like, here's somebody that I can look up to that can actually, is doing, like, cool things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that was, like, the the sort of, I don't know, the fire underneath Saffron. Yeah. And uh, it was a very special place. It was a really, really special restaurant. And it, and it wasn't just me. It was the people that we had working there my brother he was the mater d probably oh absolutely you you remember how gracious and 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 welcoming he was i mean Mm. people will go to too many jokes i think the jokes tells too many jokes too many jokes so many too many jokes it was fucking dinner and a comedy it was a (laughs) dinner and a comedy always you know what i mean i think we just just being like uh displaced palestinians like we have to have humor yeah otherwise we would like you know, I'm telling you. Anyways, yeah, um, so. but but it was like uh, we had amazing amazing uh, people that were woven into the fabric of saffron and what it was, from the servers to the bartenders to the dishwashers to the prep cooks. I got some of these people still working in my company 17 years later. Well, let's take a second here to shout somebody out. who will get mad at me if I don't Cameron Bourne. So he quit cooking and he cooked for you, but he'll still come and do some stuff with you from time to time, which is pretty fucking cool. Cause it'll be like, I'm doing the world street truck this weekend at the, you know, fucking, I don't know, uptown art fairs. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, my one time a year I come out of retirement. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. We love that. Like it's volumes. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, we have, uh, we have two people that have been in our company for 17 years. They literally walked in the door two weeks after we opened, and they've been there you know, 16 years now. I'm that's bad at volumes. math. Wow. I, mean, that's, I mean, that to me, that is... They walked in two weeks after we opened Saffron, and uh, one of them left for a short period of time and then came back, and then the other one has been with me, and, and, and he was like, you know, shout out to Jorge. He was my right-hand man at Saffron. I mean, yeah. that, that boy... He cooks Arabic food better than anyone else I know. Well, <clears throat> to, to bring it back to that restaurant, like for me, uh, just I just want to be able to tell you this while we're sitting here, um, that it opened at the exact right time for me in my life because I had been, I wasn't, I was a picky eater when I was a kid. And then it was just more that I had not been exposed to a lot of other like foods and flavors. And when I lived overseas, that kind of got it rolling for me. And then I came back and it was more a function of money. Like I just didn't have a ton of money. And around the time that Saffron opened, I had started getting to a point where like I was doing okay. I lived by myself in a nice apartment and it was, it was awesome. I guess I had a roommate at the time, but, uh, it was like, I want to go out. I want to learn more. And so that was a part of like my culinary education was going and, and just going into like any restaurant that I didn't know, or I wasn't super familiar with going in. And what was so gracious to me was from the minute you walked in, I never felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Now at the time I had a full Mohawk and a chin strap and my, my fashion could at best be considered like Guy Fieri light. I mean, it was an awful tragic situation and I'm mortified thinking about some of the things that I wore when I was going out to nice dinners, but, uh, 
your brother treated me so kind for the minute I walked in. And then it was the people who turned out to be my friends to this day that were all working behind the bar that would very openly and without any sort of shade walk me through stuff that I had never experienced uh, from a kitchen before. And it was a part of the thing that took all the blinders off for the very first time. And then that started the culinary journey that I'm still on, you know, like uh, in, in one month from now, uh, my group of guy friends and I are going to have our 20th anniversary of a cooking party that we're throwing and we're redoing the very first menu because we've all learned so much and we're all so much more talented that we want to give honor to that. But by bringing in all of these other flavors and ideas that we've gotten from these amazing restaurants we've been to. That's so incredible. Yeah. So thank you for sharing both of those stories. Like honestly that Saffron was not an easy restaurant for me. It was not an easy, like, you know, 10 years of my life. But hearing those stories and hearing like people's connection to Saffron was and is still an inspiration to like, maybe one day I'll reopen it. Yeah. I think well, the first time Kwame and I ever hung out where we said, let's go hang out here was the last night of yep. Saffron. Yeah, it was. We met there. Like, let's go, let's go to Saffron and have some drinks at the bar and like, cheers this place. So we both thought that was the first time we met somewhere to hang out. Correct. Like we'd been places at the same time. First yeah, time we made plans. First time we were like, "Come, come meet me at Saffron." Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. We still have um, my wife and I still have um, the bottle that um, Hollis Bullet painted at our table at um, at Saffron, um, and it said mm. "To the Qualms," and yeah, it was yeah. horses racing. And then in the back, it said uh, "Love Us, Love Saffron." That's and so amazing. it's just like every I remember time that I, day very, very that was, vividly. <laughs> it was wild, but I just I think about like it. it stuff like that gets woven into the fabric of your life. And I, I just want to make sure if we're doing this and we're having these great conversations, talking about what's going on now in our lives is awesome. But I also don't ever want to breeze past like the fact that that obviously informed a chunk of your life, but it also informed a chunk of our lives and our relationship together. And I just think it's, it's important enough that I wanted to take a second and call that out. That's pretty incredible. Thank I you. bug Sammy every couple of years too. I'm like, what's up when are you going to open that as a 12 seater? I don't know, man. <laughs> there was a plan, like, right before the pandy to open it. I had a spot. I had, like, an idea of what I wanted to do, and the pandy just came and just violated my brain. It fucking changed a lot of things. Yeah. Man. man. What, what are we even talking, talking about? about uh, whether fine dining is dead alive, oh. evolving. Yeah, well. Any mix thereof? So I've, I felt as confrontational to fine dining as I felt to people that would tell me that I couldn't get a tattoo on my arm because I'd never be able to get a corporate job. I, and what I got to wish beyond my wildest dreams was to watch a bunch of people that looked like me and saw the world like I did say, I don't want you to have to like, I don't want to have to have the closet of jackets that we have to put on you when you come in. We can make you a really wonderful meal using incredible technique and ingredients. And we can do it in a t-shirt with punk rock blaring. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that just fucking loves that we were like, "Uh ah, and then we just took it and created a scene. And I think that that's changed the access for a lot of people to understand that you don't have to pay $400 for dinner to have a nice dinner. You know, the quality of a mid-level restaurant right now in our community and in most of the places I've been around the world is, is better than I could ever have dreamed 15, 20 years ago. I do think 
the couple times that you and I have gone out for a nice meal, including my my birthday meal last night at PS Steak, I understand like there it is it is a fun treat to be so over the top taken care of. It I I I get why people do that. So I think there will always be a niche for that. I think mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'll ever get killed. That will always be a thing that some people prefer. They whether they're they're just really into the pomp and circumstance or the fucking creepers that literally wish they had servants and that's the closest they can get to. I think that portion of it will always stick around. What I like is that we took the best elements from fine dining and we turned it into something that's accessible for a lot more people. Mm. I can't say everyone, but I think that we've done a really good job at making it. So it doesn't matter what you look like. You don't have to have a platinum card just to afford the, the fee. You don't have to drive a certain car to get in. Yeah, just come to the restaurant and 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 be there and hang out. And yeah. I love that. That's really beautiful. I, I I think it's a great point that you bring up in terms of like talking about it as being service and not food. And that's something that I totally like breezed over when my in, like when I thought about fine dining. Right, I thought about fine dining. I thought food. Yeah, food itself. But the right. service mm-hmm. is what makes fine dining really Absolutely. special. Or just, I mean, yeah. You know, like yeah. the anticipation of one's needs before they even know they need them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Avoiding the service and hospitality, the gravitas, yeah. the conversation, the din of plates and yep. cutlery and being with the people you're with. And who cares? Yeah. Yep. Right? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, my position on this is that it's changing. I think it's more nebulous than it used to be. And I wish we weren't still so, like deeply obtuse regarding like is it one of these three things right we're just like so centrally focused on if it's one of those things i love fine dining i i adore it uh, i like to dress up and to go out with my wife and to have a beautiful meal that i have never had before and may never have again um, from some of the most talented artists in this particular arena it's like seeing fucking Springsteen or whatever it is that it uh, uh, scratches that itch for you. That's how I feel. But it's getting harder to do, inarguably so. And part of the reason that I presented this topic is because of Rene Redzepi and Noma. And I recently was there. We talked about that experience on the podcast. Uh, he has stated that it's, it's untenable. Like, it's not going to stand the test of time. It's getting more difficult to do. It's getting more expensive to do. That's true for almost everyone, but you know you have your you have people like your Eric repairs and, that are going to still be able to survive in the jungle of what food is today. Uh, it's just happening less likely. And what I would like to see, if we're talking about like not what I think is going to happen, but what I would like to happen is I like to see people add variance to the way that they approach the art form and not necessarily have to use the white tablecloth because that's the only way you can qualify for a Michelin star. Something as seemingly like meaningless as a fucking tablecloth is hypercritical to qualifying for even consideration to get a Michelin star for three. No, like for one, I think they removed that. Right. But it's, you know, it's like so synonymous. It's like, French food from white dudes with white tablecloths or like using those techniques. It's so critical. And we're seeing 
it, it, there's a little bit of a vibration. I won't say like it's starting to bend. We're starting to see a little bit of vib- a vibration. Like first Indian restaurant to get a Michelin star in New York City was last year. Come on, dog. Like really, this is how long we had to wait to get a single star for an Indian place mm-hmm. in New York City. Uh, Demaka, I believe, is the, the restaurant that has the star. But I'd like to see more creativity in manifesting those techniques, but in whatever environment you choose to present them in. Uh, I would like for the places where you have to wear a suit or a jacket like to exist still. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of the ones that already exist. There's not going to be a lot of new ones. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like There aren't Eric repairs coming around opening places like that anymore. It's just not a thing, Thomas Keller's or what have you. And it's even those a- places, they've gotten rid of like their... Like they got more relaxed. policies, yeah. you know, they're a lot more mm-hmm. relaxed, which I get, but also why, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, I mean, we want, we want people to feel comfortable, but like, I don't want to see somebody in fucking shorts. Yep. I, I don't yeah. want to do that when I'm, when I'm spending that kind of money and I'm looking at this kind of experience. So, but very few people like, you know. I mean, money does not equate to style and or class, but a lot of people with money have neither. So it's the cargo shorts to the wedding guy. Yep, that's that's the guy. Every every scenario, and I'm and I'm literally saying this knowing what I just said about you know that appearance can't be everything, but it depends uh, on the environment because you are costuming, right? You're going. That's that's the biggest thing is we created, we created more places for people to not have to wear a suit to get in. But if you are going to a dress up place, if you're going to a costume party, wear the fucking costume. Don't be like, I'm more comfortable in this. Like then don't go to the costume party. It's like a theme party. It's time and place. You know, come to this place where a coat, some places will furnish one for you, which I think is really great. If someone's like, shit, I don't have a coat. I saved up all my shekels to come to this place tonight. I love that. Or, you know, borrow one from a friend, that kind of thing. But I do love being in that environment and, like, filling that role. Because, I mean, you know, I work with Club Caraway, And almost every day in the summer when I'm here, I'm wearing blue jeans, cons, and a fucking death metal shirt. Like, this is just, this is my uniform. Uh, I like to dress up. But, again, it's time and place. But I love to go to those places where I can wear my Club Caraway suits and feel like time and place. I deserve to be here. I'm super clean cut tonight clean myself up really nicely. We're going to order some bubbles, have a nice meal. So I love and appreciate that. I'm just saying we're not going to see much of that new. I think we're going to see. And I'd like expectations to change, right? Can we just like not have this subset? Like it's got to be one of these three things. Can we be open to the experience that it can be many, many things? I love dressing up and going to Culver's. I know you do. No, I'm with you on that, man. You know what I mean? Like just... We used to. Fuck it. So why not? Fuck it. There's a there's you have a one life to live. There's unless two, you're a cat. <laughs> there's two friends of mine. One of whom Charles knows, and we. Um, you you have two friends only. Two friends only. I have. I have I'm, this, uh, I'm notoriously shy. Uh, <laughs> everybody out there knows how shy I am. Um, I we we both got suits for a wedding, and it was the first time that either of us had owned like a nice suit, and we spent the entire spring and summer that year dressing up to go to like diners like we would literally like go get a haircut like look really good we'd go there and then we would tip way the fuck over the top like we'd leave like 80 dollars in tip and we just loved pretending like for we seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar tab, you know, what I mean? <laughs> these like, guys just ate all the eggs, yeah. <laughs> all the we'd, bacon, all literally. The we'd roll in and we get like a cup of coffee, and then like you know the farmer's breakfast or whatever, and we yeah. just smash that and just 
be like, walk up. They'd be like, who the fuck were those guys? Like, why were they wearing suits? And I just loved that idea. It was so much fun. So, so Culver's, we never did, uh, we never did fast food, but that's a brilliant idea. I actually married, I I married a couple of friends of mine in Culver's. Like they had an actual wedding ceremony (laughs) and, um, and I was the officiant for it. But then they wanted it to be a little bit more intimate. And so we did the paper signing yeah. at Culver's. So they were both dressed up in their wedding clothing. And we went to Culver's. And then we signed the papers there. And it was the most amazing time that I'd had at Culver's. So I started making it like a regular occurrence now. It's like, oh, I, I, love I love it. Well, fire up a, a Coast Guard flare the next time and let, let us <laughs> yeah. know. I would 100% get dressed up to go to Culver's. I would love I that. I feel like uh, a mandate is on, yeah. is on the schedule in. soon. I also couldn't tell you the last time I was at a Culver's. Getting sexy at Culver's. Let's go. Oh, this rolls perfectly in the next topic, so why don't we... Cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Boom, boom, boom. Little too perfectly. So I don't. this could be your answer. You may have just tipped your cards here. But what is your I don't give a fuck spot that you got to eat when you're feeling lazy? Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, Culver's would be on top of that list. Um, but if you've been following me on my Instagrams lately, you may have been through some shit. <laughs> uh, you may realize your boy is going through some shit. And it's mainly because... Of my new uh, love for Panda Express. Ooh. <laughs> my newfound love for that thick love panda. Give me that. <laughs> that thick panda. I just see it and I just like, hey, baby, what's you doing? <laughs> and you remember it used to be like Little Debbie and then I have a thing for like the the, the, the... the mascot? The mascots. I'm just like, it used to be Little Debbie and now it's that thick little fucking panda. I see it and I just start to salivate. I'm like, hey, baby, come here. What, what you, you doing what later? You uh, I'm like, How come on, give me some of that sesame chicken. Give me some of that teriyaki Ooh. chicken, some of that pepper beef. What's um, your order? You do a three combo? I do the three combo. But yo, I got the fucking hook up, right? What? So I go there so often. Tell me this is a secret uh, menu. <laughs> that they were like, I, the first time I went there, I was like, I'd like the three option, but like, can I get like four entrees? And he's like, fuck no. The second what? time she I looked used to at do me. That. They just give you a little extra on this. It's like an extra thing. Yeah. And which, yeah, like to pay for it, right? But I was like, I don't want like that much chicken and that much whatever. Just I want to try three things because it was my first time. Mm. And then the second time, the lady was like, sure. <laughs> Looked at me like this. And I was like, also, I want a side of vegetables. And she was like, you're a maniac. You know what I mean? Look like, out. No one orders vegetables. And then the third time I went, and at this point, like, I'm posting about it every single fucking time. <laughs> and, like, my stories are getting, like, thousands of hits. Right, like I don't post on Instagram at all. It's just I'm thirst trapping, like literally with Panda Express content. Yeah. I'm out here just like shaking what my mama gave me for fucking Panda Express. You're just riding, the and Panda I'm Express I'm not even tagging them. Fully. Like I'm not trying to get like paid. I'm not trying to get like, whatever. I'm not gonna get sponsored. None of that shit. Right. Yeah. Then I go in, and then like everybody's like, "Oh, you're fucking unwell. Like, seek seek mental help. Like, I feel bad. Like, how is your stomach feel?" And I was like. 
Fuck all of you. Like like, I've never blocked so many people in my life <laughs> as I have in these past three months. I was just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And you're cool. Fuck you, fuck you. And I was just like, anybody that said anything negative. I'm you got like, fucking panda band. You got panda like, band. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't need this type of negativity in my life. Like, I clearly am unwell. Like, the, you don't have to, you don't have to look at my Panda Express order to tell that I'm unwell. <laughs> Like it, you can look at me and be like, "Oh, that dude is going through some shit." Like you know, you know what oh, I mean. Man. And so, so then, then, then the fucking brilliant shit started happening, right? The br- brilliant shit is all of the fucking like the fucking rat girls and the rat boys that are like, "Oh, here's how you hack the system. You got to do like half noodles, half fried rice. Mm. You got to do this. You got to do." And I'm like, "Oh, I fucking live for this content." And I'm telling you, these stories are getting more hits than any fucking thing else. Like I could be like i'm opening saffron it'd be like 200 people it'll be like all right cool whatever more than social deliciousness huh more than the vids during the yeah dude more what? than the fucking social d can you believe there i'm like getting thousand and the like the every my fucking like my dms are like f- popping i was like damn i'm popular <laughs> and I'm just d- block 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 you know what i mean <laughs> i'm just like sitting there and, and all these people are giving me great fucking ideas for what I need to do. So I go in. I'm like, I got a fucking plan. This is my fourth time at Panda Express. <laughs> my fourth time at Panda Express. And the lady's like, I remember you. Welcome back. Yeah. And she's like, the usual. And I was like, baby girl, we're about to do this differently this time. I want half fried rice. And she goes, half noodles. And I was like, damn, she what? knew what I wanted before I even got there. And we got the pepper beef, we got the teriyaki chicken, we got the the orange chicken. Yeah. And she threw in a couple of like nubs of the little like sesame chicken because I was like, I ain't never had that sesame chicks. Mm. And so she, um, baby girl hooked it up. And then I was like, oh, but I, I also need vegetables on the side. She's like, what size? I'm like, the largest size that you have. And this plate, I, I paid like $28 at fucking Panda Express for this plate of food. Yeah. The worst part is this is after I'd been at the gym for lunch. (laughs) So, like, I had just hit a fucking PR, and I'm like, I'm about to hit another PR. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm about to hit another PR. The first one was for deadlifts, and then this one is going to be for the amount of food consumed at a Panda Express by a single person in 15 minutes because like i gotta scurry up and like leave before like the cops find me or whatever <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and so yeah the dude my fucking love for panda express has gotten so bad that i went back to the restaurant and i i, I was like on a leave of absence from work because i'm doing really really well <laughs> like everything's I'm t- fine i'm telling you, your boy was fucking go- going through some shit so i come back from the leave of absence from work and and they're like how you been what's going on i'm like panda express that's what's going on <laughs> here's what we're gonna do boys and girls panda express takeover of our food truck it's gonna be panda street kitchen we're gonna do panda express dishes and they're like Chill, dog. You haven't been here for five minutes. Like, your coat is still on. I'm like, yeah. well, first of all, why are you wearing a coat? It's fucking 92 yeah. degrees outside in yeah. July. And I'm like, <laughs> just let me tell you about our loading savior, Panda Express. <laughs> that thick little bastard. <laughs> I, li- I like the idea of just tacking the panda on to be like, I'm trying to Panda Express how I feel about yeah. this. <laughs> and I need you to Panda like Express that. your feelings I about like this. That. <laughs> yeah, so now we're going to do a pop-up. Out of the food truck. Oh, Wall Street man. Kitchen food truck. That's going to be a takeover of the Panda Street Kitchen. And I'm going to do, you know, my favorite dishes yes. from Panda Express. Oh, that makes me And, so you happy. know, if you think I'm going to, like, make them as good as Panda Express, 
You're fucking goddamn right I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to put so much fucking sugar and MSG in there. <laughs> I'm that for it. It's going to, like, you're going to bob your bussy for it, as they say these days. <laughs> it's, it, I'm so excited about it. And I'm not making it chefy. I'm not like, oh, I'm not going to, like, oh, let me put truffle oil on that shit. Like, no, fuck that. I'm not like, oh, we're going to use organic, you know, uh, cilantro. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to pop no. that panda. We're going to pop that panda. <laughs> Like MSG, yeah, MSG, sugar, you know, all of that. But I'm going to make it, like, I'm going to make it delicious. I want that right now. I'm getting that. (laughs) It, oh, it's you. You should go, Charles. Oh, that is me. That is you. Uh, Mine's got to be Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. That's fair. And I get that gargantuan motherfucker. Yeah. I always get the giant, you know, that's one of those, that's another one of those if I had a lot to drink and I'm like crazy hungry the next day. And I live is I live in Northeast Minneapolis. There's a Jersey Mike's not far from me. I I will add this. So I, what I like to get is the my my guiltiest of pleasures, and I don't have guilty pleasures. Just saying that is the big Kahuna, the giant sized big Kahuna. It's their Philly cheesesteak with um, the beef and the cheese, and then they put uh, sautéed mushrooms and jalapenos on it too. So it's just a take on a Philly cheesesteak. Fucking love that. Couple weeks ago, I woke up. I was starving. Uh, I was like, "What am I gonna eat?" Well, I hadn't eaten, so I was like, "What? Are, I gotta get some food in my body." It's around noon. I was like, "You know what I'm gonna do is uh, order some Jersey Mike's. I'm gonna get that big Kahuna." And instead of going to the store, I thought I would like I would arrive and it would be ready. That's how hungry I was, so I ordered it on the internet. So I arrive, I pick up my sandwich, drive all the way home, rubbing my hands together like a fly, like <laughs> about to get down. Get home, unwrap it, open it. I'm like, that's a, that, that, the, the color of the meat's a little different. So I realized I ordered the chicken version oh. of that sandwich. And I was very upset, but I ate the whole thing. But I was like, why? how did I do that? I don't know how I did it. Upset because you mixed it up or upset because it wasn't as good? No, because I mixed it up. I've it, never. It's not, it's not as good. It's okay. good. It was good, but that's not what I. I'm sad for you. When you have that yeah. thing you in your brain. Do you need a hug? Do you need a hug? got that I'm, in your brain? At the time I did, Virtual hug. You? Virtual where hug. Where were you? Probably a fucking Panda Express. Panda, <laughs> you were probably. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably backing it up for the panda. I think I was watching your stories to make myself feel better <laughs> at that very moment when I housed like a 33-inch long fucking chicken. Whoa, you sandwich. can house a 33-incher? Watch me. No, oh, how big is that, yeah. dude? That thing is like I've I've no I've never been to Jersey Mike's. So I've mm. like their oh. large size sandwich is like this big. Yeah, it's what I, the it's got to be like fuck? it's got to be like twenty. Okay, it's, for it's, for those of you that large. can't see that, it's like at least like two Arab men put together is what he. <laughs> it's yeah, it's two it's unks. about two, yeah, two unks. a little under two feet long. It's yeah. it's massive. It's two unks, but about not belly to belly. It makes them yep. bigger. If they yeah, go wow. Mm. Yeah, but I was mad about that. I still ate it. Do you do chips or do you just go straight? Nah, just give me that Sam Sam. See, I gotta throw. I love I love the Jersey Mike's, but I gotta throw some some chips. Put the chips some, on there. Some Cheetos on the sandwich. On the sandwich. That's yeah. a good move. I like yeah, that. Yeah. On, I like that on like the cold cut type thing. Yeah. The oh Italian, yeah. Like a, I, I guess yeah. I was I wasn't thinking about that. I also don't really I don't ever get the hot ones when I'm at uh, Jersey Mike's. I always do the the like a club. Dude, I gotta tell you, it's my favorite Philly cheesesteak right. in, in the Twin Cities. I'd, Really? Maybe that's criminal. I don't have one that I love right great. now. I have a bunch of steak sandwiches that I love, but I don't have a Philly that I'm in love with. So You haven't had the Philly cheesesteak from I've, not, I've never had a hot get the, sandwich Get there. the big kahuna. Get the small one. It's, you know, just so you can try it. But the big it black is really kahuna, good. Kahuna. It is really good. How big is the small one? 
It's still huge. It's like yeah, jeez. The big one's probably like ten inches, and the big one's like twenty. Yeah, it, they're. I think it's big. I find if I'm like ravenous, I hadn't eaten all day. I drank a lot the night before. The normal sized one is a large sandwich, but I find myself wanting like a little bit more, six, more sandwich. Just six more inches, please. But you know what happens is like, I eat yeah. the whole don't thing. we all? <laughs> then I then I eat the whole thing and I feel really like not just bad about myself, but kind of ill. Like, yeah. Why did I eat the whole thing? Wow. I've never experienced that except with Panda Express. <laughs> with your little panda? You knew, yeah. With your sweetie panda? We popped that panda, baby. I, uh, well, it's like, it kind of sucks because if it has to be because I'm feeling lazy, for me, it's the fact that um, a Tacariendo Express is a block and a half from my house. And when I can, like, literally get out of bed in pajamas, throw sandals on when it's nice out, and walk there... Like that's that's the easiest thing. What's the definition of nice out? Like there is like only three inches of snow and sludge. If or, if I wouldn't like, if I wouldn't feel like I was dying because I don't do socks and sandals, I'm just wearing sandals and that with pajama pants. We know if, you're not Arab. I mean, yeah. we totally get it. Like, well, that's not that's not just that. Let me tell you, there is a strong contingent of dark dress socks and brown sandals that goes across the Scandinavians. Oh, what? Yeah, it's it's not a, it's usually accompanied with like a, a undershirt. And then some sort of shorts. Oh, the or, wife respecter. Yeah, the wife respecter. Yeah. Yes, there we are. I like that. Uh, but that's that's the go-to. Like when I'm when I'm feeling it, or I just I just can't deal with the world. I'll talk Arianda rules. Can we go grimier? Yeah. That's actually really good. So grimier. The funny part is grimier is just about another four or five hundred feet forward. Because it's Cub Foods Grocery Store Fried Chicken. Ooh. It's fucking delicious. Dude, get the fuck out of okay. here. It's so good. I was so going guess fried chicken. Yep. I should have guessed it would have been yep. Cub. I was going to say Popeyes, but you said Cub. Because right. at Cub, if you go there during the day, and that's usually when I'm trying to like limp through this. Yeah. If I'm going there during the day, they also have the hot side out. So you get fried chicken, you get a side of macaroni and cheese. Yep. And then I killer. always the get two of their little uh, spicy Jo-Jos. chicken tenders. Because then you got a hot one. And then that's what I eat on the way back. <laughs> you eat the tenders. Little snack. Little yeah. snack. I love a little I spicy love little snack. chicken. Oh my god, it's so it's good. It's been at least a year since I've had it, which is fucked up because I completely forgot that it exists until yeah. right now. Yeah. That used to be my thing. And then I would go get one of their donuts. Oh yeah. Because their donuts are fucking killer. Yeah. Like you are not wrong. So good. I've served them at like high end functions. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I need a delicious donut. Yeah. Right now. This is what we're doing. At 3 a.m., like, where am I going to get a fucking delicious donut? It's Cup Foods. It's Cup Foods. I totally agree with you. Make a sandwich with the donut Ooh. and the fried chicken. Yep. I'm oh, by that. the way, if, if it isn't already clear to listeners, it's a local grocery store chain. Yep. Like fucking Festival or Kroger. Yeah. Or it's not the nice one. Yeah. it's the it's In every the, Cup Foods the community, yeah, commodity, there's a nicer one yeah, that you can go to. Chain. It's a commodity grocery store. Yeah. Yep. I, um, I will say, I think we talked about it on the show. Uh, I spent the Super Bowl this year uh, by myself, and it was a great experience because I went and got fried chicken from four different places, and I had my own personal war of, like, who has the best fried chicken. And, and then, and honestly, that night, my favorite was Cub. And then I had a ton left over, so I put it in the fridge, and then that's when it becomes my second favorite thing, which is the next day fried chicken, which you have to eat with one hand on the refrigerator door. And then the other hand in your pants, in your in your pants, <laughs> just crushing. And you're just it. bobbing for the chicken. biting them off the shelf. <laughs> yeah, and if you're gonna have more than one piece, 
you throw the bone into the kitchen sink and then you eat the second piece and then you go clean it all oh, up and throw it away. Oh, okay. So you've done this before. Absolutely. Like, I have yeah. a whole method. I don't do it Definitely. super often, but I'm good for a couple times a year of like just yeah. gorging. Oh, I'm, I'm so, this, I mean, just remembering that f- the, the Cubs's has fried chicken oh, is man. worth me, you know, staying up past my bedtime right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, it's, it's similar to like the Jersey Mike's thing. There's like consistency and, you know, repetition and they have all their quotients down really expertly. Same thing with Panda, right? It's part of the reason you like it is you're going to get the same thing when you come to order. You get that beef broccoli. It tastes the same every time you get it. Yep. Even if it isn't like someone's idea of the best beef broccoli, you know exactly the beef broccoli you're going to get. And that also makes it why, and again, no matter where you live, there are different grocery chains. All the nice grocery chains make awful rotisserie chickens. Mm-hmm. They're fucking terrible. They're super dry. Cub blows them all out yep. of the water with the rotisserie totally chicken. Totally agree. It is way better than the rest of them. I also, I think it's so funny. Um, my, so my dog, when we go out on a walk, my favorite thing for her to do is when she catches like a scent on the wind and she like puts her nose up in the air and she'll kind of like close her eyes and just smell trying to figure out where this is coming from. I realized on a walk with Millie last week that I make that same face when the wind shifts and I'm now downwind from Cub because that if they're making fried chicken, our whole neighborhood smells like fried chicken. Oh, my God. Really? And I straight up paused okay. in the middle of a dog walk to close my eyes and put my fucking nose in the air. You floated toward like, the pie? Like, like with my tippy toes on the ground. Your feet left the ground, you floated toward the pie on the window. So. Had the little xylophone. <laughs> yeah, that was, That's I just incredible. realized. That's I re- absolutely incredible. You painted the most beautiful picture. I like, I actually saw you. You're wearing them flip-flops. You were out there just vibing. Yep. Just. Not a fucking care in the world. Hair was oh, flowing. Man. You had hair. You had a lot oh, of hair. Oh, absolutely. You know? I can't Panda Express to you how wonderful that <laughs> felt. <laughs> Damn, that's so Texan of you. That's so I'm going Texas over here. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, I love oh, it. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the jam, and I hope I hope Cub Fried Chicken walks back into your Dude, world. I, I'm gonna have to get some like stat now. Here's here's another experiment for you. Throw it up on your Instagram. I get more people that come out of the fucking woodwork uh, again. Like a couple times a year, I'll post something about fried chicken. More people comment on that shit. They're either like, "Yo, I love Cub Foods Fried Chicken," but go to this specific one because they season it better. Like people come out of the woodwork I for do the agree hacks. With that. I do agree with that. Yep. Like I I I think. Uptown used to be my favorite, and then yeah, well, actually no, they they're back, they're back, yeah, they're back on they're that back? list, yeah, they're back on that list. They they were not my favorite during the pandy. Um, the one over in Nokomis got the got the, yeah. the fried chicken crown, but um, yeah, I gotta go back, I gotta mm. go back. Maybe I'll do like a tour of you know the Cubs' fried chicken. <laughs> you know, that's my I'll dress up and just yeah. take myself on Get a little suited date. up again. You gotta be. You gotta be like my mom though, and be like, "When's the fresh batch come out?" Oh, you know what? So I like even. it. I like it when even. it's all fucked up. I like well, yeah, it when it's all fucking congealed a little bit. Yeah. And like, okay. And then you gotta order the, the fucking JoJo's. The fucking JoJo. With you. Jesus fucking yeah. Christ! Yeah, yeah, Are you kidding me? Uh, so good. They're so good. I like. And they put like that little seasoning on it. Just like, the whole potatoes the, orange somehow. Just somehow it's like it, there's just enough like potato flavor in it to like kill a small dog. I don't mm-hmm. know. Can dogs eat potatoes? 
Yeah, they can for yeah. sure. Oh, but can. small dogs should not eat that no. potato. But I, w- I, I am that dog in this in this uh, scenario. It's so fucking good, dude. It's yeah. Oof. There's a butcher shop right by our house in Robbinsdale uh, that sells. It's literally just a plastic sack of JoJo's mm. with a sticker that just says JoJo's on it. I don't even think there's ingredients on it, and it they are the best. Like just enough pepper in there that your mouth gets a little tingly. Oh, so they're already seasoned too. You they're already seasoned. You are throw they them hot, or do I have to heat no, them up? No, you just got to throw them in the oven. Oh or no, no, make? that's not gonna yeah. work. That's make not gonna them. work. Okay. Yep. That's way too much work for me. Uh, if I'm well, on, like I my barrel shit, like I'm not. Like, no, that's why. That's why I said I don't. I don't. I'm just saying it's nice to have those in my freezer because then if I am feeling oh, it, oh, so can they're just in make. your freezer. Correct. Okay. Okay. That. Yeah. That's. That's not so. You know, that's mm. not so bad. I guess I won't judge you that hard. <laughs> what I need to do next I'm time like, is... This guy is doing way too I need much to do work. The, no, I got to do, do the burrito and fried chicken combo. I feel like I got to see my two meals come together. Maybe they'll meet at the macaroni and cheese. Okay. I don't know how okay. that'll work. Damn. But I have not put enough chicken skin in my uh, burrito, so... Maybe just wrap the whole thing with the chicken skin. Who knows? Depends happens. how many of these plifts you've drank. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> or worst case scenario, you can make the little crunchy chicken skin tacos with all the stuff that falls out of the burrito. Use it like like bread. That's actually one of my favorite things is to use like chicken skin yeah. as like a, a a vessel for food. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best. It's incredible. Yep. It really is incredible. It's like good with hummus. Hummus for um <laughs> for our Caucasian friends. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's, like, really, really good. You wouldn't expect that. Sure. But, like, papaya salad Ooh, inside of, like, inside, like, like really spicy Thai or Lao-style papaya salad. Yeah. Like, you put that inside of chicken skin. Come on. Forget about it. I want that right now. Also, yeah. I just want a spicy papaya salad. Happy with that. Also, when we had Thomas Bamer on, I said that I... We were talking about a perfect plate of fried chicken. I said, I like to eat just fried chicken because I want to eat more of that. But when I eat Asian fried chicken, I like getting fried rice like with the chicken. Like oh. Every bite. Just something about yep. that the combo, and then the bite of the chicken. Dude. So you could just as well take some of the skin and just like scoop, just up, scoop up the rice. rice. We got a new food truck in the Twin Cities that's doing their only thing on the menu is chicken tenders and fried rice. What? And I'm interested to, I, to check this out. Yeah, yeah. I just oh, chicken just tenders though. That's that. I, mean, I know. That's a like yeah, that's tenders, not real. Right. That's like a garnish for the real deal. Facts. Because I, I mean, if that truck was wings, it'd be over like for Asian me. Asian wings and fried rice. Yeah, it'd be over. Fuck. I would live there. Yeah. <laughs> I would live there. Yeah. I would I would abduct that truck. Hitch <laughs> a trailer to it. Yeah, I would. my pop-up. I, I, just like, I, I live here I, now. I, I'd just get in there. I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. I live here now. This is mine. Squatting it's, on your it's trailer. It's between, uh, just drop me off at Panda Express on your way home. <laughs> just yell squatters rights in eminent yeah, domain. squat their trailer. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. Well, we should probably uh, bring it into the station. Yeah. Um, for people uh, that have been listening where how do they follow your story? How do they how do they how do they get that hot hot panda content? That hot panda content is on my OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, where you find my OnlyFans, it's also it's actually only pans if we're being honest. <laughs> um, oh, that was that was that was right there, and I didn't take it. God damn it! Yeah, that's great. It's just only pans. only pans. Yeah, my spicy content. It's where I Duh. leave my spicy recipes. And, 
my, you know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, am I doing good? I'm yeah. trying to like, I'm, Killing it. I'm high. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to compose myself, <laughs> but instead uh, I'm making up new business deals that I don't even have. Yeah. Uh, but no, it is, uh, it's Sam Ehwadi uh, on Instagram, really. Like, don't go on fucking Twitter or whatever the fuck it's called right now. And I'm definitely not on TikTok. I'm way too young to be on TikTok. That's fair. Yeah. They um, changed it to Twix, I believe. Twix, yeah, with an X on it. Yeah. That's pretty funny. But yeah, S-A-M-E-H-W-A-D-I. Yeah. Holler at your boy. Holler at your boy. Yeah. Onlyfans.com slash Panda. <laughs> that actually does exist. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to get it, but I couldn't. We got too many. Yeah. There's a lot to pick from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charles, what do we what do we got coming up? We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Yep. Uh there will be State Fair fuckery coming very soon, so we'll probably be chatting about that. We will be going to Boys to Men and Chaka Khan. We will be going to State Fair. I'm so excited. The Minnesota State Fair, the best of all state fairs. Best the king We're of really all upsetting state fairs. Texan people today. Yeah. If they're <laughs> they clearly have never been to Minnesota if they think that theirs is better. Yeah. It might be Ooh. bigger, but get out of here. No. Right. Got time better. for that. And Iowa, don't even don't even try to pop smoke with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a lot of crazy episodes coming up here. Uh, and then I just want to put it on the radar. Uh, Charles, you are leaving the country for a couple weeks in September. So we are going to try and figure out some ideas. But I'll be his stunt double. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, we we might figure out how to patch over. So yep. you know, TBD, we'll let you we'll let you all know on the air, which I know is the place where most people are going to find out, is if we like tell you on the show. Yep. So we'll we'll keep you apprised. Anything else you want to throw out uh, before we close this one down? No. All right. Chilling. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Go out and go somewhere that you haven't eaten before in your town. Just pick somewhere that you've never been. I think that's always a good experiment and a good reason to push yourself. So why not? But until next time, we love you. Bye. Bye.